Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Thread is a new hit podcast from Ozzy Media that explores history's surprising connections in order to discover how one thing leads to another. Like how movie moguls in early Hollywood helped spark the Me Too movement today. Get it on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com. For a free rate quote, I hope all of you are having fantastic Tuesdays wherever you may be across our great land. The ongoing drama with LeBron James and where he's going to go continues. And I got to be honest with you, do we have the LeBron James music? Do we have the uh, the dramatic music in the background? This is it. We still don't know where this is from, right? I got to tell you. Let me go ahead and tell you where we're going here. We'll just keep the music in the background. Hour two, we're going to talk to Alex Marvez. We'll find out what he thinks about Jameis Winston, the NFL mess that could potentially ensue if he gets that suspension that we're all expecting. Hour three, we'll talk to my guy, Petros Papadakis, find out whether or not the city of Los Angeles is prepared for all that LeBron could bring. I got to tell you, I want to bring in the crew early here. We're talking about next week being July 4th. And, you know, I'm excited about July 4th. It's on a Wednesday. Kind of a tough time to have a July 4th holiday. A lot of you out there thinking, man, July 4th on a Wednesday. So what do you do? You go to work Monday, Tuesday. You take off one day in the middle of the week. Then you go back on Thursday, Friday. Nobody knows what to do when the holiday happens, like right smack dab in the middle of the week. Unless you go ahead and take the whole week off. But Sunday is July 1. That's when NBA free agency begins. How long is LeBron James going to drag this on? There are two people I'm going to be angry with if it goes on for a long time. Two groups of people. 
One, I'm still furious the U.S. men's team didn't make the World Cup. Because if the U.S. men's team made the World Cup, we would be able and everybody would be interested in talking about World Cup soccer a billion percent more than they are right now. So I'm still angry that we managed to go down and lose to Trinidad and Tobago. My other question is, my God, I feel like LeBron James needs to just make a decision. Because one year he waited till July 11th, I think, right? Like, So we had a full-on month of where's LeBron going to go. And last night at the uh, NBA Awards, they gave out all the awards for the NBA teams, and LeBron James got overlooked for MVP. And James Harden got the MVP. And we'll try to play the audio for you in the next segment. He basically said, hey, we're a half from making the NBA Finals. We don't need LeBron. And the truth of the matter is this. They desperately need LeBron. Because if you watched every game in that series, and I did, barring a complete and utter collapse in the fourth quarter in game four, that probably would have been a five-game series. At tops, would have been a six-game series. In other words, and I know you people out there can say, well, you got to remember, Chris Paul got hurt. The Warriors were up 2-1, and they were up 12 points when the fourth quarter started in game four. Then they posted the worst quarter in the history of their franchise in the playoffs. And they ended up losing game four, went back home uh, to Houston. Houston managed to find a way to win game five. And then the Warriors had to come back and win game six and game seven. And they didn't even really play the first halves in game six or game seven. And they crushed in both of those games. To me, the difference between those two teams is pretty substantial, even though that series went to seven games. You have to decide and look at the facts and say, wait a minute. Was this a series? Remember how badly the Rockets got beaten in a couple of those games? The idea that the Rockets are close to beating the Golden State Warriors is, I think, a figment of James Harden's imagination. Now, I understand why you have to talk up your team. I understand why you have to be a guy who's going to make the argument, oh, even if LeBron James doesn't come here, we're fine. But he's wrong. And I increasingly, as I look at the NBA landscape, am of the belief, I'm going to tell you this every day, as we, as we ponder where LeBron James is going to go. My belief is LeBron's going to go to the Lakers. I don't think, as I look around at all the moving parts in the NBA right now, I told you this yesterday, I haven't changed my mind. I think the Spurs are not going to deal Kawhi Leonard, and if they do, I think they're going to trade him to the Eastern Conference. So I don't think LeBron's going to be able to get anything with Kawhi Leonard. I don't think, increasingly, that Paul George is going to leave the Oklahoma City Thunder. As a result... I think the number of moving parts that are going to reshape the NBA landscape are going to be minimal. I also think Chris Paul is going to re-up with the Houston Rockets. And so I think LeBron's going to find himself out in L.A. Maybe he can persuade Paul George to come join him. Maybe. And that's a team that's going to win one game in the playoffs. I mean, sorry, one series in the Western Conference playoffs and then lose when there's still eight teams left in the NBA. So I think that's what's likely to happen right now. You can get the Cleveland Cavaliers plus 350. Every other team in the NBA is minus 500. So the expectation is in the offshore markets that LeBron's going to leave Cleveland. But I think there's at least an argument that he might stay in Cleveland because there's not going to be that many great options for him elsewhere. So the question I'm asking this morning as we start off uh, the Tuesday edition of the show is, how long will we have to wait for LeBron James to make a decision? On Sunday is July 1st. 
In theory, I believe LeBron has to decide Friday whether to pick up his option with the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? I think that's the deadline, if I'm not mistaken, on his player option. Now, I don't know in the grand scheme of things why his player option matters there because I think he could still just do a series of one-year deals with the Cleveland Cavaliers and wait and see what the whether movement happens, whether there's available options, and we have the decision 4.0 and the decision 5.0 as LeBron gets older. Going to begin with you, Danny G. When does LeBron actually make a decision? I was having this conversation with our boss, Scott <laughs> Shapiro, because I'm trying to decide what to do after July 4th. <laughs> if I thought that there was going to be major free agency news, I would definitely oh, come in. So this is all about your schedule is what it boils down well, to. Well, partly. But I also don't want this thing to drag on forever. For instance, I think in decision 1.0, it went all the way to July 11th. Yeah. Um, and so we got the calendar starting on July 11th. I don't think there's any way that LeBron is going to re-up and sign and maintain his relationship with the Cavs on Friday. That would be fantastic if he did because it would put this story to bed <laughs> and we'd be able to be done with where's LeBron going to go and like every little nuance yeah, that everybody he, analyzes. He's too egotistical for a Friday, too, because traditionally Friday is what they call a news dump day. Yes, Especially going into, I think a lot of people will take off Monday and Tuesday at work because of July 4th. So it'll be even more quiet than normal. So yes, I agree with you in in many respects based on that. So when does he actually make a decision? And are you sticking with the Lakers? Yes. So he's going to sign with the Lakers. I'm going to say Monday, July 9th. Okay. So you think he's going to drag it on an extra week. What about you, Roberto? What do you think? When's this going to actually be resolved? I think it's on, on Thursday, July 5th. After the, the day 4th, after July day after 4th. after 4th of July, yeah. Day after, yeah. after the, the fireworks. Whole, day after the fireworks right. is going to be fireworks. And everybody can remember, of his own. And I, two, I, years, <laughs> two years ago, Kevin Durant made the decision on July 4th, uh, like on the afternoon, yeah. which is a major yeah. breaking news decision. And I don't think it's necessarily, uh, necessarily a lock that he's going to stay, that he's gonna, uh, sign with the Lakers. I think it's screw you, Roberto. Fifty-fifty, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on out there. Uh, what about you, Eddie Garcia? What's the date going to end up being? Uh, how? What is the last possible date that he can? Uh, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I don't know what. I'm Pre- pretty a, sure it, he could drag this on until what the December? whole month of July. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, he doesn't. <laughs> if he's a free agent, he doesn't have to sign until. And, and does he want to see what other players are going to do before he makes the decision, or is he? Does he want to be first the first domino? Well, that's what I'm. Yeah. Yeah, is he the first domino to fall, and everyone else then falls? No, in place I, afterwards? I think I think he will wait. Honestly, because I mean, I the idea that there's not a lot of back channel conversations going on is, I think, pretty ludicrous and crazy that he wouldn't. Be uh, be, but I mean, if Chris Paul, re- a lot of it also has to do with the uh, with the amount of cap, cap space everybody's going to have. So if Chris Paul says, "Hey, I want forty plus million to stay with the Houston Rockets," well, that kind of eliminates that decision. Also, you have to figure that he's going to be talking or texting with Chris Paul, so he'll know in advance. What do the Spurs do with Kawhi? I feel like this is a story that can drag on forever, and it's even possible that they could decide to trade him once the season even begins uh, if they're unable to figure out a uh, figure out a kind of solution that suggests that Kawhi can stay there. But I, I think it's going to ultimately come down the, the, increasingly. I do not see any move that can be made that would make, when you look at all the different moving parts, that would make LeBron be capable of being on a championship team 
other than going to Houston? I, goes, I, I think he drags this out, uh, unfortunately for you and, and a lot of other people out there. And I will say something that you mentioned at the very top. I am also increasingly pissed off at USA Soccer How for not being involved. In the, it I mean, sucks. Where does this rank on the you screwed us all for the summer? And I understand there's a guy out there who hates soccer, right, who's sitting around. He's like, soccer sucks. I hate it. Okay, yeah, we get it. But for the rest of us, this would be infinitely better. I mean, I think I, I said earlier I think it knocks out 90% of my interest in the World Cup. It might knock out 95% of my interest in the World Cup not to have the United States at least to root for on some level. And I, I know I didn't get in on the Landon Donovan conversation, but my take on it was I'm so pissed off at USA Soccer and, and for the failure of our of our national team that I'm the, the, no one in the U.S. has a right to say anything about Landon Donovan or anyone else. Root for whoever you want because if our team had done, taken care of their business, we wouldn't have to worry about this. They should be. They should have not fallen on their face and losing to Costa Rica or whoever it was. It and, was Trinidad and Tobago. And, At least Costa Rica is decent. They should be in this tournament. And we wouldn't have to worry about guys, you know, rooting for other countries or promoting other countries. What's Panama gotten outscored so far? Like ten to one. Yeah, they, they got one, outscored one, six to yeah. one and three for, to against one, England. Right? Yeah, they said their first Nine. ever World Cup goal against England. Yeah. Okay, so nine to one, they've been outscored. I think, if I'm not mistaken. And that's the team that got in over us. So we choked on an epic level. I mean, just an absolutely epic level. All right. I've got a great debate for everybody. When we return, it's not, look, you you can look at the whole arena of sports. You tell me right now, you hop on Twitter and you tell me what major story is taking place right now. On Tuesday, what's today? Like the 26th. There is nothing going on in the world of sports. That's why we need a great debate. And the great debate, I will tell you what the topic is going to be when we come back. In fact, should I tell you the topic right now so we can load up phone lines in advance before you even know what my perspective hmm. is going to be? I'd say which, save which, it save it as a professional radio tease. As a professional radio tease, I will tell you what our great debate is going to be when I return from the next uh, break. If you're not familiar with the great debates, we have debated Star Wars versus Harry Potter, Jelly versus uh, Peanut Butter, we have debated Chick-fil-A versus everybody. And, uh, and the princesses. Have, the princesses. The hottest From Disney, Disney princesses. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, the answer was That was really Ariel. creepy. Yeah. No, it was everybody loved it. <laughs> uh, we will return with a great debate. I'm Clay Travis. Thank you for spending your Tuesday with us. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Such a great song. Was this 98-ish? Yeah. Eminem, old school. I want to say 99 for some reason. The album that made him a superstar. So good. Uh, welcome back. Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. If you're new to the show, in years back, we had, uh, uh, over the years, Sports Talk Radio has got several fallbacks. Nothing's going on. LeBron James versus Michael Jordan has become the most overrated debate in the history of sports. It's on the Mount Rushmore of tired topics. Here are the others. Should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? Should we pay college athletes? And steroids or performance-enhancing drugs? 
you can go to these stories on any point in time, any day. So I have come up with a series of incredible debates that are designed to blow your mind. Star Wars versus Harry Potter, we have debated. Peanut butter versus jelly, which is more integral to the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. The hottest Disney princess. Chick-fil-A versus every other fast food restaurant, which is better. And today, I got to tell you, we are eight days away from July 4th. Good chance, wherever you are in the country, that you will find yourself at a barbecue, that you will find yourself at a cookout, that you will be outdoors enjoying July 4th. And as part of that celebration, I bet there will not be a single July 4th celebration out there, just about, that won't have both of these attributes. Uh-oh. And I got to tell you. Cue the battle music. Cue the battle music. Do we have the battle yep. music? I turn that up. It's dramatic. This there is you dramatic. Go. Which. Make sure it drowns out Clay's voice. And we've got a couple of <laughs> July 4th debates, but this one today. Which is better and more integral to the July 4th experience at a cookout, at a barbecue? Are you a hamburger guy or are you a hot dog guy? Some people are going to go both, and I understand that's a strong play. But if you only had to pick one for the rest of your life, would you go hamburger or would you go hot dog? I, 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 I got to tell you, this is one that when I thought of it, when I wrote it down on my notepad, I really kind of swung in both directions here. Sounds personal. Yeah, I know. I now, know. Will, will brats I'm, and things like that be that included all, in the hot that dog is category? All under, that is all under the hot dog very, category, very yes. For, so everybody good. out there who's like, I like, a, you know, <laughs> a, a sauce, you know, like whatever it is. If it is, if it is uh, phallic-shaped and it goes in a bun, it counts as part of the hot dog family. And so Kobe beef cheeseburger would also fall under the, the hamburger category. Yeah, any turkey burger, like uh, veggie burger, if you hate, you know, if you're a, a vegan or whatever it is. Well, don't throw those that, in. Hamburgers will automatically lose. All of that is under the equation. And I'm gonna, I, like, I, I, I am open to persuasion as to which side of the of the aisle I would be on here. I think ultimately, I go. See, the the other problem is you can sit and eat a, a series of hot dogs, right? I feel like the hot dog uniquely is not made to uh, to only be eaten one of them, right? Like you could eat a, several hot dogs. The reason why I'm going with hamburger here. And the reason why I'm a hamburger guy is, inevitably, every time I eat a hot dog, at some point before I'm done with the hot dog, I'm not interested in taking another bite. Does that make sense? I think I'm more excited to have the hot dog or the brat or whatever else inside the bun. But by the time I get to the end of the hot dog, I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of over this hot dog. There's never a point where I get to the last bite and I'm like, man... I just loved that hot dog so much, I can't believe it's over. Whereas the hamburger, I don't ever remember in my entire life as I'm eating a hamburger, thinking like three-quarters of the way through, I'm kind of over it. In other words, I think you get more excited to get the hot dog 
than the payoff is actually worth. Is that just me? Where you get the hot dog or the brat or whatever it is, and like you're at a game or you're at a cookout, and you're like, man, I'm so excited to get this. You get your relish, you get your your uh, your ketchup, your mustard, whatever condiments you want to add on top of the hot dog. And then near the end, you're like, ah, this hot dog just is not as good as I as I remember when I got the first bite. I can't think of any other food that for me is more like that, where I'm more excited for the fi- first bite, less interested in the last bite. And it's not because I'm like a kid and I had too much to eat. So I am all in on the hamburger. I think if you get the hamburger and you craft it to perfection, I'm a big tomato guy, pickles guy. Uh, I'm only a mustard guy. I felt like we could get into mustard versus ketchup, and that's also on my list at some point. I don't want to. I don't want to destroy that argument here in advance. But I am team hamburger on the great July Fourth hamburger versus hot dog debate. And again, I don't want to hear from guy who only gets, you know, who gets both of them. If you had to choose between the two, which way are you going, hamburger hot dog guy? I'm on team hamburger. Danny G, what side you got? This is a tough battle because I was raised on Dodger dogs at Dodger Stadium. I've had the Dodger dog. Let me tell you this right now. Most overrated oh, stadium food no. I have ever heard of no in way. my life. Blasphemy. Most the Dodger, I was so excited. I was at the World Series last year. I got to go, which is <laughs> awesome. First time I'd ever been in Dodger Stadium. Phenomenal experience. All right, I'm going to write up all of that. It was fantastic. Well, Dodger dog. Well, I will. I will admit this. Okay, you could call it overrated. I don't think it is. It's it's wonderful. But what's even better? We've had a listener from Boston send us in dried ice Red Sox dogs, and those were beyond amazing. Fenway Franks. Yeah, the, the Fenway, Fenway Franks. Oh, beyond amazing. All over the Dodger dog. The Dodger dog. I got to tell you, I was so disappointed in the in the quality of the Dodger dog. It's probably like in and out. I think you were just expecting too much. Instead of going into the experience with no, you know, preconceived notions, because exactly. no, it's insanely oversold. So I have you had that? Have you had the L.A. Street Dog Clay? Oh, wrapped in bacon. That's no. that's the one. Yeah, outside you know of and the I, Coliseum. Yeah, I was just in New York what two weeks ago. I'm a big hot dog on the street guy in New York too. So this that's another so good you example. Like sitting on the toilet at two a.m. Yeah, yeah. Also, <laughs> uh, I, it is true that if you order anything off of a street vendor in New York, you're probably going to get sick. I remember I, I got nachos. I don't even know. I didn't even know they had nachos on the side of the street in New York City when I was at the. Remember the Super Bowl in uh, when they had it in New York? Like uh, I don't know what was that? Like uh, five years ago or so? Four years ago? And uh, and I ordered nachos on a street vendor, and I, I like I, I was I was sick to my stomach for two days. I mean, it was a bad decision. But that's a great example of something that seems like a good idea when you're doing it. Oh, that hot dog from that street vendor. Yeah, I'll do that. That seems like a good play. Another reason why for the hamburger. I don't remember having. Okay, let me take it back. I have had bad hamburgers. You know, remember like uh, at school lunch. Oh, yeah, and they I, tasted I like they were made out of yeah. soy. How did they make hamburgers that were so bad back in the day at school lunch? I don't even know if they still yeah. have hamburgers at school lunch now. They were almost like the, they were almost like gas station hamburgers. It was the worst hamburger you have ever seen that they used to make at school back in the day. Uh, you'd go through the line, you'd be like, "Awesome, we got hamburgers!" And I don't even like I didn't believe it was possible to make bad hamburgers, but they were so bad and they looked so awful in that anyway. That's a bad hamburger, so I take it back. Right. I have had a bad hamburger, so, but I am on Team Hamburger. 
I I usually disagree with you on this one. I'm also going to have to go hamburger, and here's the reason why. There is nothing like a good backyard barbecued hamburger. Uh, Just something about that taste. That's why a lot of people like Five Guys, that chain, because those hamburgers kind of have that barbecue backyard taste. That smoky, kind of charcoal. It's a a July 4th. You're out in the backyard. Set the Um, slice of cheese on it, and it just naturally melts. It's fantastic. Any type of cheese. I I think there is more you can do with the hamburger than there is with the hot dog. So we got two hamburgers. Uh, Is anybody going to be on Team Hot Dog? Let's see. Let's go. No, my, I'm, I'm, my hand is in the air. Yeah, let's go to Eddie okay. and then Eddie, Roberto. Eddie's the only one. I'm, I'm Team Hot Dog. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy a good burger, but I think the uniqueness of a hot dog uh, makes it a little more special. I mean, you can have burgers all the time, and, you know, if you're looking for a quick meal, it's not unusual to go to the, you know, burger place. But, I mean, there are hot dog places, but I don't really ever go to those places. So when I think hot dogs or brats and those things, it's either tailgating or Fourth of July is the only time. We usually enjoy those. So because of the uniqueness of it, uh, I'm going Team Hot Dog. You know, I got to say, I do. So Sonic has hot dogs. And every time my kids love Sonic. And I love Sonic because I think they have the single best like side item right now, which is tater tots. I don't know why everybody doesn't have tater tots. I don't want to go all... uh, Napoleon Dynamite on you guys here. The sodium in those things is amazing. The tater tots at Sonic are phenomenal. Like, I could just sit there. I don't know how you stop eating tater tots. (laughs) I I think I like them more than McDonald's French fries uh, as the the single best, like, attribute to, uh, to your main meal. But I will get the hot dog there. They have a Chicago dog there, which is covered in, like, relish and pickles and everything else. And I'll choose that over the hamburger. So, and, and I, I don't want to sound like a communist here, but I actually like the turkey burger more than I do the hamburger. Ugh. Is that a, is that a communist move by yeah. me? Yeah. So, Roberto, you're also in on Team Hamburger? Uh, team Hamburger, man. Team Hamburger all the way. There's just more stuff that you can put on the hamburger. and then As the far as lettuce, pickles, pickles yeah. onions. And it's, it's great. It's better than hot dog. I'll take a hamburger any day. Is it infinitely hotter? If a girl gets a hot dog, then if she gets a hamburger, uh, I'm gonna go yes, yes on that one. I I'm agree, gonna say yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if that's gonna factor in at all. All right, we're gonna open up phone lines. Uh, da- uh, Eddie Garcia is gonna give us an update on what's shaking in the world of sports. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. It's a great debate. Oh, the phones hamburger. are all, the phones are yes. lit already. Hamburger versus hot dog. We need the nation to come out. How should I poll question this one, Eddie? How should I put it? Like, should I should I specify on the July Fourth holiday? Yes, I think you have to, yeah. or else it's going to be a landslide for hamburger. Yeah. Okay. All right. Give us an update here. I'm going to put the poll question. All right. Up. While you do that, I'll let you know that the NBA awards were handed out, and James Harden wins his first career MVP award. The guard from the Houston Rockets received 86 first place votes to LeBron James' 15 first place votes. He's also Harden, the third Houston Rockets player to win 
an MVP award along with Moses Malone and Akeem Olajuwon. Philadelphia 76ers guard Ben Simmons wins the Rookie of the Year award. Detroit Pistons new head coach Dwayne Casey was named Coach of the Year. Of course, he won that award while coaching the Toronto Raptors, who fired him after the playoffs. couple of baseball games of note. Yankees beat the Phillies 4-2. New York moves a half game up on Idle Boston for first in the AL East. Dodgers get by the Cubs 2-1. L.A. moves a game and a half back of Arizona in the race for first in the NL West with the Diamondbacks also losing to the Marlins 9-5. Soccer day 12 at the World Cup. We had Spain and Morocco playing to a 2-2 draw. Portugal and Iran end up tied one apiece. Uruguay rolls over Russia 3-0 in Saudi Arabia edges Egypt 2-1. Day 13 of the World Cup gets underway 8 a.m. Eastern time this morning with a pair of games on Fox. You've got France against Denmark and on FS1, it's Australia against Peru. This update is brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Now back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Covered Studios. All right, so the poll question is up. The poll question has been written as such in the event that the phone lines are going to be jammed and that you're not going to be able to actually get in here. Um, The poll question as written is right now, on July 4th at a cookout or barbecue, which is better, hamburger or hot dog? That is, which one would you pick if you could only have one? And this is important because a lot of people will go to like cookouts or whatever and there's not enough food there and you have to pick hamburger or hot dog. That's not an uncommon question that you will get at a July 4th barbecue. Now, the answer may well be both, but in general, that is a uh, that is a position that many people will have to make a decision on. We have gone 3-1 to one on the show in favor of the hamburger, but I'm a little bit wavering there because I have been going to... My kids go to Sonic all the time, and when they go to Sonic... And, and my wife says, hey, what do you want? I say I want the Chicago dog over the hamburger. So I, I really have that choice probably once a month. And almost all the time I go hot dog over hamburger. But ultimately I'm picking the hamburger because I get tired of eating the hot dog, whereas I never get tired of eating the hamburger. So uh, we will go uh, to, uh, to take your calls. Uh, should we go to break and come back and take calls? We'll do that. Well, that way we'll have a longer uh, fourth segment here. Load up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. The great debate continues. Hamburger versus hot dog. Who you got? Defend your choice. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Will Smith bringing us back. Perfect song given the debate that's going on right now. The great debate on OutKick this morning. July 4th next week. A lot of you are going to be at cookouts, barbecues. You have the option, somebody says to you as they're standing over the grill, hamburger or hot dog. It's a question almost everybody is going to face. A lot of you will say both. Good answer, especially if you're a dad, working on the dad bod for the summer. But what if there's only enough for everybody to have a hamburger or a hot dog. Which do you pick? Poll question is up. Thousands of you already voting during that commercial break. I won't tell you the results till I start taking the calls. Let's go to Chris in LA, who is all over this debate. What you got for me? I'm telling you, Clay. Uh, by the way, I love the show. Uh, <clears throat> 100% beef, bacon-wrapped, hot dog with chili and cheese on it so using a fork and knife 
to oh, eat it on a yeah. plate, that's pretty good, man. It's it's a solid argument for the hot dog. Like if you if you fill it with all these different options. Thanks for the call. Uh, Tyler reaches out on Twitter and says, "Didn't consider the last bite of a hot dog argument." But what you said is the perfect analysis. Last bite of a hot dog is always like, "Oh dang, there's still some left." I think that's that's my argument for why I have to go with a hamburger. That's the best part. If you ever think like, for instance, if you are eating a dessert. Do you and you love that dessert? Do you ever think, "Oh man, there's another bite. I have to eat it." No, you're always like, "Man, I wish I could have more of this." For instance, I've said before, my favorite dessert, two favorite desserts. I'm a big cobbler guy. Love all the cobblers. Give me the peach. Give me the give me the apple. Uh, give me your apple pie slash cobbler. Give me the uh, cherry. Give me the uh, blackberry. The best cobbler is blackberry cobbler. If you never had blackberry cobbler, it's a revelation. My other favorite dessert, like in that category, is pecan pie. I'll eat it all the time. Never at any point in time when I'm eating a favorite dessert have I ever thought, oh man, there's only one bite. Uh, oh man, there's still a bite left. As in, I have to eat it and I've already sated my desire for this food. That's why I'm going hamburger. Let's go, uh, let's see. Sean, also in L.A., Weighing in. What you got for me, Sean? Hey, what's happening, Clay? Uh, I'm going with the dogs, man, because when you're cooking the hamburgers on the grill, they kind of lose their flavor and the juice as much as you would in a skillet. But when you're cooking, ha- when you're cooking hot dogs, sausages, and hot links, they kind of keep their juices in with the grill. So I'm going with the dogs, man. Interesting. Yeah. Now, I, all, uh, let me ask you this. Do you think that I'm a communist because I like turkey burgers more than hamburgers? Well, I mean, turkey burgers, I cook, I cook those sometimes. They, they, they don't take that long to cook. Yeah. More than they beef, because when you put the beef on the grill, the beef kind of breaks up a little bit. But when you put the turkey burger on the grill, the, they, they kind of stay together and they stay intact. They kind, they kind of keep their flavor with it, too. So the turkey burger is not bad at all, but the beef burger, they kind of dry up and break up a little bit as you're cooking them. That's not a bad argument. So I got into the turkey burger. I don't know if it's a craze. Like, remember back in college or when you're young in your 20s, everybody, I'm assuming everybody still has these, but everybody had the Foreman grill. And I had two college roommates who were Indian, uh, and they, they didn't eat beef, right? They didn't eat, uh, and so they got onto the turkey burger kick. And I got to be honest with you, I think the turkey burger might be superior, superior to the, uh, the regular mm, beef burger. You're way off on this. Now, way I'm a off. steak guy, but I think a turkey burger is better. All right, who should I go to uh, next? Uh, let's, go to, let's go to Jose in Fremont. Jose in Fremont, what you got for me? What's up, fellas? Hey, hang in there with me. Most underrated dog has got to be the Costco dog slash Polish. That thing is good. Now, check this out. There's something. You no, know, let, let, pa- let me pause you there for a sec. I think Costco is one of the great underrated places to eat in all of America. Because I'll tell you this. First of all, Costco, I love. I get excited to get in my car to drive to Costco. Like, that's like an act. When you get to be an old married dude like me, going to Costco on like a Wednesday night is about as exciting as your life gets. And when you finish the Costco shopping and you come there and they got the food, there are so many amazing options there. The pizza at Costco is cheap and it's phenomenal. You don't hear those combinations very often. I also love the hot dog, the hamburger there. Everything that Costco produces, I am in love with. So, by the way, that's a that's a that's maybe the most, uh, you guys with me here, most underrated place to eat maybe in America, well. Costco. 
I think all of our P1 listeners know that a lot of us here at Fox Sports Radio love Costco food. We talk about it often, oh, especially I, out of the L.A. studios. I am in love with it. And, and by the way, it's also amazing. I feel like it's 1986 all over again when I've got all three of my kids and my wife and I walk up to the counter and I order us all food and all drink and they're like, that'll be $8.45, <laughs> right? I'm just yeah. like, my God, I, I can give them a $10 bill, basically, and pay for my entire family of five to have just eaten. As yeah. if we and didn't you get already had stuff. appetizers by eating the samplers. Oh, as you're walking yeah. around. That's totally true. I think it's the b- best store in America. Clay, real quick. Uh-oh, look who's making a guest appearance. This is Coop. Yeah. Now, I, I was wrapping up stuff for the Ben Maller show. Yes. Did I hear you correctly? You said that a turkey burger is better than a beef I, burger? I, I think that a turkey – I know it's controversial. Hang up but on him. Hang I, up on him. I oftentimes <laughs> – I oftentimes will be in a restaurant, and I will be looking, and I'll be like, okay, there's a hamburger, and they also have the turkey burger. I am more likely to go with the turkey burger that than I am. That is blasphemy. Now – D-bap, Clay. D-bap. <laughs> I actually think the turkey burger oftentimes is more flavorful. Oh jeez! Oh, no. I've, you I've thrown your... into it. We got We got This is like okay. a. Uh... Are you ordering your beef burgers well done? Is that no. the problem? No, uh, no, I don't order. Like I, I don't order my. I order my steaks medium rare, but I don't really specify on the hamburger what way I want it to be cooked because it's ground beef, and I'm a little bit nervous. Like I just trust them to cook a hamburger without screwing it up. <laughs> Controversy. Controversy uh, brew. Let, you might know, have a mutiny brew. A might city, have a mutiny coming here. A city that is known for their barbecue, Kansas City. We have Jeff in Kansas City. Jeff, where's the best place to get barbecue in Kansas City? Uh, it depends what you want. <laughs> you want burn ins or you know ribs? It you know everybody has their everybody has their favorites, but we got the big ones like the Gates, the Arthur Bryan. Yeah, but you got to go to the mom and pops. So Those the best. Yeah, that's all. That's where the debate you- will go till time in here in Kansas City but uh, for starters yes you're a communist we're saying turkey burgers are better and uh, when it comes to hot dogs and hamburgers I'm hot dog every day of the week and twice on Sunday except on 4th of July I'm all about the hot dog just because the hot dog eating contest because I, I cut out there for a second because of what contest the eating contest oh yeah, the, the, hot, uh, the Coney yeah. Island yeah, yeah. The hot dog eat, yeah yeah, no that that's a that's a strong argument. The Coney eating hot the, the hot dog eating contest. I have no idea how those people eat what they do. We need to have a discussion on what the most amazing eating feat has ever been because you look at some of that stuff. Uh, thanks for the call. You look at some of that stuff and you're like, I don't know how it's possible that they ingest what they do and they don't die. I I have refereed a live on the air hot dog eating contest before to get qualified for like the the, the regionals for the hot dog eating competition. You haven't lived until you've done local sports talk radio, live on the air, radio, radio hot dog eating contest. I, like, I don't know how I, if I'll, Al Michaels could make a hot dog eating contest on the radio sound incredible, but I've done it like multiple years. That's how you get, that's how you get your, uh, your, your, uh, your bona fides here in this business. All right, who we got next? Let's see. We have another Kansas City caller, Mike in Kansas City. Mike in Kansas City. What's up? Hey, Mike, you there? Uh, oh, there he is. Mike? Sounds like he's having some cell phone uh, was, issues. What percentage of people are incapable of speaking when we go to them? 
20 percent yeah it's like 17 percent 17 all right who we got what's next <laughs> let's see how about uh matt let's go to matt uh where's matt yeah i'm not sure i'm sorry i didn't put his uh, city we'll find out right now all right matt where are you clay how you doing i'm doing excellent where are you calling us from orlando all right what you got well, first of all, I have to say this. You know, there, there, there's a bit of a problem because you may, you may go to a barbecue and they may cook the hot dogs as an afterthought and they may not be great, and that can turn you off to hot dogs. But I'm going to go with hot dogs if it's Nathan hot dogs. And that first caller that, about the bacon-wrapped hot dog, man, that, he hit it out of the park with that. So I'm going to go with hot dogs. There's actually a lot of hot dog support out there. I'm going to give you the update on Twitter right now. And, uh, by the way, if you want to continue to weigh in, uh, we'll take your calls. In hour two, we're going to go to Alex Marvez. We'll talk about the latest NFL controversy. Hour three, here's a question for you guys. Hour three, we will talk to Petros Papadakis. Do you think Petros likes hamburgers or hot dogs, or do you think he hates them both because they're too popular? Because my Uh, wife was like, my wife uh, this weekend, she said, I listen to Petros when he comes on your show. And she said, does he like anything? And I was, you know, I'm going to ask Petros that. He's probably like, going to say lettuce wrap. Yeah, or something. Something have, like that, Mr. Yoga. Yeah, there's no doubt. By the way, thousands of you have weighed in. Hamburgers are dunking all over hot dogs right now. 77% of people coming down on the side of hamburger on Twitter right now. Uh, again, you can vote in the poll question if you want to seek me out on Twitter. Go look at the results yourself at Clay Travis is my Twitter handle. Does that surprise you guys 77 to 23? I mean, that's a big margin. I guess kind of maybe it's not that surprising because there is no, what is the what is the national hot dog chain? There's never been a successful national hot dog chain that I'm aware of, right? Can you think of one where it's been? Yeah, the, Wiener Schnitzel. Wiener Schnitzel, yeah. I don't even know what that thing is. <laughs> really? It's just hot dogs? Uh, well, they're based off of hot dogs. That's how they started their business. Are they in like a fast food restaurant? Yeah. I mean, like a like yeah, a food a court. Yeah, like they have they standalone. I <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with that place at all. And the fact that I'm not familiar with it at all, I'm, everybody knows McDonald's, Wendy's, lots of different places out there that have made over the last several generations hot dogs and hamburgers. Not that close of a contest. Your calls eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. This is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Uh, James Harden is the NBA MVP over LeBron James. And James Harden doesn't even think that the Houston Rockets need any help at all. He said they were a half from winning a championship. He's wrong, but I don't blame him for believing it. I am getting lit up online right now in hour one. If you're just starting off hour two with us, this statement is going to probably blow your mind a little bit. Turkey burgers, Clay. I have never, Jimmy Jack in uh, Hampton, Virginia tweets, I have never lost as much respect as I did for Clay Travis when he said (laughs) turkey burgers are superior to a standard hamburger. I got to be honest with you. If I'm in a restaurant, now restaurant, not like walking into McDonald's or something like that. I mean a restaurant where you sit down with a menu in front of you. And I can get a turkey burger or a hamburger. I tend to go turkey burger. I don't know why that is, like, uh, but I think it's because the turkey burger in a restaurant is oftentimes superior to a standard hamburger. Maybe it's because I think of the turkey burger as being more of a, like, I feel like it's going to be better 
because the hamburger is so readily available at major hamburger chains and none of them really have the turkey burger. Maybe it's because I'm a communist. Maybe all this time I've been doing this show just to slowly infiltrate like a Russian bot on social media into your minds and undermine I'll, the hamburger. I'll admit, Clay, uh, I was in a turkey burger phase myself. Well, that's, that was after I got married. Your college years? Yeah. I, I, no, I, got, I just got married, and I packed on the pounds, and I'm like, you know what? Let's try some um, turkey. Some Do turkey we meat. think that the turkey burger is actually that much healthier than the cheese? Like, that's there, what I went noticed, for. And then, Have uh, you noticed that? that I, maybe this work. is just Yeah, that's what, maybe this is just something that's happening where I live, but suddenly, is this a, a national thing now where everywhere has the calories on the menu? Yeah, it's like, it's, ev- it's, it's every everywhere. it's everywhere. That's happened now. everywhere now, yeah. right? Like that's like a nationwide thing. Yep. And I got to tell you, some of the calorie like I talked about this I think uh, a couple weeks ago when uh, I was out at IHOP with the kids cuz they all like some of the calorie numbers on the menu are blow my mind. I mean like it's it, you go to like a fast casual dining place, it's almost impossible to get out less than 1500 calories. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I and I actually will adjust my order. Maybe I'm a rarity. I'll look at it now because a lot of times when I sit down, I like everything on the menu, right? I'm one of those guys who sits down. I'm like, man, I like seven things on this menu. And I will make a decision based on which one is healthier because my, in my mind, it helps me to make a decision on which one to get. I don't. You know what I do? If it has a lot of calories and I really want it, what I do, I just eat half of it and then save it for the other half for later. Yeah, that's not a day. bad move. And another day, yeah. That's not a bad yeah, move. You still like, wind up getting fat Like we, in, yeah. in the end. We in were, the end, I guess. Yeah. Yes. I took the kids to uh, to the mall yesterday. My wife had, like, she was going out with uh, uh, girls, like, to her dinner or whatever. And so I took the kids to the mall. Like, we went to the food court and we ate. And uh, I still like going to the food court because the food court in the mall to me is, I was saying earlier, it's so nostalgic. In this era where everything else changes, the mall food court still looks the exact same almost as it did in 1988 and 1994. Like you, if you're sitting in there with the skylight and everything, the the, the mall food court has not evolved in any way. Do you guys agree with me? Like if you think about you think about places in general that have not changed one iota. When I I used to work in the mall back in the day, back in high school, I worked uh, in American Eagle. Uh, for a couple of years and I would go and I would eat in the mall food court uh, and like eating in that mall food court you have you could easily be transported back to like I said 1988 1992 1996 it still looks the exact same and you know what hasn't changed at all is just about every mall food court they have two places I bet I bet no matter where you live in the country there are two places that are likely to be there (laughs) And I bet you guys can guess what it's going to be. Sbarro? Sabaro's yeah, number one. Slice of pizza. They're, like yeah. the slice pizza, like Sbarro. I don't the, know how the it generic, happened. And the generic pasta. And the, uh, yeah. yeah, like the – I don't know any – the other thing is, who gets the pasta at Sbarro? <laughs> no. And Have you like, ever seen in your life anybody go through the Sbarro line and be like, yeah, I'll take – the lasagna and a big meatball. <laughs> you'd have like, to be a big. Like, you'd have to be a they, big loser. They have not. I. I don't think they've sold the lasagna or the meatball at Sabaro <laughs> for like twenty five years. I think it's the same thing going over and over again. But my three year old, like, so Sabaro, the genius of Sabaro was they were like, I don't know how they did this, 
but they managed to take over pizza in every mall food court in America. Think about how crazy that is because pizza is popular everywhere. Doesn't matter where you grew up, doesn't matter what you do for a living, doesn't matter anything about it, you like pizza, right? Sbarro is universally known, also airport Sbarro's, by the way, but it's amazing to me that they were able to take over like they did. So we, my, my three-year-old, another generation, my three-year-old, you know, he wants cheese pizza like every little kid. Like, oh yeah, cheese pizza is always the choice. The other one, you, you want to guess on what the other one is? That's in every food court in America, every mall, doesn't matter where you are. I was going to say, uh, as a Chinese place? Well, there's always a Chinese place. There's always that's a Panda too. Express. Exactly. That's what I was going to say, they're, Panda they're, Express. Panda Express is great, by the way. I used to go uh, to Westfield Mall. I would uh, I would build my day. <laughs> I'm not kidding around this, sadly. When I would be doing Fox television, I would stay on Avenue of the Stars right there uh, in the center of like West L.A., um, where it's running into Pico and Motor, where the Fox lot is. And I would walk down to the Westfield Mall, and they have a really nice food court there in the mall, a great movie theater too, because that's where I would duck away and go see movies. They have a Panda Express there, and I would build, like, I love the Panda Express. I'm a big fan. But no, the one I was going for, because Panda Express, there's a lot of, like, mom-and-pop Asian places, you know, like, uh, that, that don't necessarily have more than one location or whatever else. Panda Express is obviously the best known. No, what I was going for was Sabaro 1, 2, Cookie Place. Am uh, I? Are you guys in agreement here with me? Maybe you have to have kids to recognize. There's like a great American cookie or whatever it's called. There is always a place that yeah, has Mrs. Cookies. Fields out Mrs. here. Mrs. Fields. Fields. There you go. That's yeah. the one. All right. There's always, and maybe you have to be like, because when you're when you have kids, that is like immediately you get into the food court and they're like, can we get a cookie? So, Dad, I my my wife does not do this, but I am ultimate. Like, let's make a deal. So all three of my boys need haircuts. And, you know, I got the 10, the 7, and the 3-year-old. You try to get a 3-year-old a haircut, it is oftentimes a recipe for disaster. So what I do is I barter. I make trades. I make deals. I get whatever I can to get the kids to get into the chair to get the haircut. So the cookies are, uh, are a big-time play. And in particular, if you tell them, they can get the big cookie. Because, I mean, these big cookies are like the size of a little kid's head. Like, <laughs> yeah, I would, they're we, huge. Oh, they're they're <laughs> mad. But I mean, even even for an adult, like you hold that cookie in your hand, and you're like, my God, this is a big cookie. For a kid, yeah. like it literally is the same size as their face. So you see them eating it. <laughs> and you see and, the, the cookie cakes that they sell? Oh, the cookie cake yeah, is like a wheel. I, it's like yeah, a yeah, car yeah. tire. I think the cookie cake is very underrated. I, I We've had a bunch of cookie cakes at the, uh, at the, at the birthday parties for the boys. And, and I have seen it uh, a lot of uh, times happen, too. By the way, one thing that has changed, when I was a kid and you would go to a birthday party, everybody had huge stacks of soda, right? Coke, Sprite, Mountain Dew, Mellow Yellow. Back in the day down here, it's the, the – anyway, whatever you wanted to drink, orange soda, everything was stacked up. I have not been uh, – you guys don't have kids, I don't think, anybody on in, – in I do. School. I got a two-year-old, so. All right, so have you been to any birthday party for kids where they give them soda? I, I, they have soda. I've seen soda, but usually I, the, the parents try to give the kids the, the juice, which yeah, the juice, really doesn't right? matter because it has, it has Same sugar. amount of sugar. Sugar, yeah. 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 When I was a kid, I would – like everybody would get hopped up all on Coke and sodas and everything else. I have got three boys. I have, and we have been to 
innumerable birthday parties. Like, it's the worst thing ever to have to go to, like, eight different birthday parties on the same weekend. Uh, and I have yet to be to one or see a soda bottle at any of these parties. I don't know if you can short soda stock, but kids today do not have soda like you or me did growing up, Like at least in my experience. I, now, I, I would agree with that because uh, my daughter, she – she doesn't like soda. She prefers juice for some yeah, I, odd reason. Yeah, my kids don't have it. Now I'll buy them cookies the size of uh, you know like uh, pizzas, but they don't actually eat the 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 the, uh, the setup there. Well, kids so, are kids are missing out these days, and because our parents totally agree. our parents gave us RC uh, cola and what was it Shasta. Remember Shasta? Oh, the cheap, the cheap yes. stuff that was uh, that was always like, and and they yeah, still have thir- them, like thirty nine grams of sugar to a can. Yeah, the sort of oh, and I, my wife gets on me all the time because I'm the only person in our house who will drink soda. I love Mountain Dew. Maybe this is the Tennessee redneck in me. <laughs> I I would drink Mountain Dew over water every day of the way. Like I I can go to the gym and work out and like come home and you give me an option <laughs> between would you rather have Mountain Dew or water. I would go Mountain Dew. So like, it's your it's your version of a protein shake. That's your I, your post oh, yeah. workout. I would like, have to say Mr. Pib. Mr. Pib. That's oh, like, Mr. That's Pib like, back in the day. Yeah. That, that's old school. That's old, old school, school with like the uh, the the A and W root beer ice. You know the small uh, ice, the little cubes. You yeah, know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the good. old school ice cubes. Yeah. With I've Mr. got the Pib. old. That's what they have at Sonic. They have yes. the old school like the Sonic ice. I've got one of those ice machines in my house that gives Show you like off. the little the Show little off, ice. Yeah. I didn't even buy it. I didn't even buy it. But I came in and they're like, oh, here's the attributes that this house has, and they're like, oh, it has a Sonic ice machine. I'm sold. <laughs> I'm like, just where do I sign the where do I sign the papers? Uh, by the way, shall we have people just waiting on yes, lines? Yes, yes. Uh, so let's start with Steve in Arizona. And so if you're out there, we've been debating uh, a lot of stuff. Obviously, we're talking about, but we were talking about the hamburgers versus the hot dogs, which is better yeah. for July fourth. And, and Clay's talking about turkey burgers. For and some I am a big fan of turkey burgers, and that has uh, provoked uh, much uh, outrage uh, on social media streets. Uh, Steve in Arizona, what's up, Steve? Hey, good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm living the dream. Hey, partner. Um, wild game. Well, he gave I me hunt. a buddy and a partner. It's like we're uh, on the in the old west, like riding horses. It's like you're sharing turkey burgers. And, yeah, yeah. And now, and now we're talking <laughs> hunting. Yeah. Wild game: elk, burger, moose, antelope, deer. I hunt. I live for the fall here in Arizona to archery hunt. It's oh, lean. Wow. It's clean. You know, you mentioned the 1,500 calories. I think. Buddy, you got you actually have to add some fat to this so you can get some flavor. So wait, you so hunt with a, with a bow and arrow? I do, sir. So this is fascinating to me. So, like, how many arrows do you go out with? I have a quiver that holds five. <laughs> so you have five <laughs> arrows. When you yep. shoot them, do you you have to go retrieve them? Right? If you is that like looking it, for a there. golf ball? Well. Yeah, but it's a little bit more serious because obviously you're looking for blood on it. You want to make sure you hit that animal. So how often do you lose a, an arrow? Practicing? No, 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 no. Like when you're hunting and you're out in the woods and suddenly like a, a bobcat like is coming at you like and you shoot and you miss, how often do you – like you go with five arrows. When I go golfing, I take like 12 golf balls and I come back home with like five, right? Do you come right. back home with all five arrows every time? Yeah, by all means, if I haven't if I haven't shot at an animal, but 
to answer your original question about the bobcat, there's also a sidearm with me. You're, oh, wow. you're in the desert. <laughs> there's there's nothing in this desert that won't bite you, sting you, claw you, cut you. Yeah, it's 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 fun. What are you gonna do? But like I say, to to harvest your own meat and put that in the freezer and throw that on the barbecue, there's nothing better. What animal are you most proud to have shot with a bow and arrow? Deer, by all means. Deer you have to is understand it... with with archery, it's not how far you shot it from, it's how close you shot it from. It's the motion of the you ocean. Are, you are you are with the animal. You become one. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So you know what? I had thanks for the call. I'm fascinated by the the going out. Like it's not a you got to shoot it with a bow and arrow. It's like you're a Native American back in the day, like stalking through rivers, streams, creeks. I got to be honest with you. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy. I um I've never shot a bow and arrow. Uh, in real life, I took my kid to like a Boy Scout camp, and they had the bow and arrow. It was awful. Like kids were just. <laughs> they, fortunately, they would not have points on them, but arrows were going everywhere. Nobody could get it set up. Underrated. That's popular now because of the Hunger Games. Because Katniss Everdeen, like a lot of people, have gotten back into the bow and arrow hunting. But I had venison the other day. It was deer. Uh, for those out there, it was phenomenal. Like just absolutely phenomenal. I couldn't. I couldn't eat enough of it. So maybe I maybe I've been missing out. Maybe this venison burger, like this idea of eating the, the food that you actually kill, is the right move. What about uh, who should I go to? Heath and Virginia. Let's go to Heath. Yeah, Heath and Virginia. What's up? Hey Clay, morning guys. How you doing? Excellent. All right. So when we started this thing, I was firmly hamburger guy. I will go out of my way for a good hamburger anywhere. I, I'm a big fan of, of uh, diners, drivers, and dives, and I'll kind of follow those places around. However, I think I talked myself into the hot dog. And hear me out. What's the better food and more versatile food while you're drinking? Drinking on 4th of July, I think I could put down match beer for a hot dog on 4th of July. You know what? While you're making this argument, let me add in a part. Hot dog is a one-hand food. Other hand food, beer. Whereas the hamburger, it's hard to eat a good hamburger with one hand. Not just that. The hot dog is more versatile. It can stay on the grill for hours. You could be sitting around the fire pit, go back and grab a dog that's been on the, the burner for I mean, so long as it's off. Collecting hours, bacteria. You can't, you can't do that with uh, a hamburger. Yeah, this is out. my argument. This is a good argument. I think if you are at a, at a you know, like July 4th cookout, being able to drink a beer in one hand and in the other hand being able to eat a hot dog, or for instance, like this is my argument for why Frisbee is great on July 4th. You can easily have a beer in your hand and play Frisbee. You can throw football. Uh, with one, you know, like on the beach or whatever, with one beer, beer in a hand, and then the other hand catching football. Can't do it with like baseball, for instance. Tough to do baseball with, uh, with, without using both hands. That's a strong argument. I also think this is my thing against tacos. Not to be racist, but I am anti-taco by and large because it's impossible to eat a taco without making a huge mess, right? Like, when I love tacos, big fan of Mexican food in general. Taco, if you go with a hard shell taco, it's impossible for any human to eat a hard shell taco, even at Taco Bell. The first bite that you take, the yeah. shell is done. It's an explosion. Doesn't that kind of defeat? Like you pull out that taco and you're like, man, I am so excited to eat this taco, 
And then next thing you know, you got that spork and you're digging into it at Taco Bell, like trying well, to get it all. Well, let me speak for all fat asses, Clay. This is how you do it. You go through the Taco Bell drive-thru. You make sure to get at least one bean and cheese burrito or some item wrapped in tortilla. That way you can eat that while you're driving back home. And then when you sit down at home, you have the taco left to devour. Who? Why would you create a shell like that that breaks so quickly? Uh, it's pretty delicious. I guess, but I, I don't understand the desire to create something that's imp- like you just look at it and then yeah. the minute you try to actually eat it, it doesn't work. Well, actually, Eddie Garcia is a taco specialist here at Fox Sports Radio. Does he have the ability to eat a taco without having a break? Because that would be pretty phenomenal. Well, I have a gigantic mouth, so uh, that that usually helps when you take a giant bite of taco. It still is going to, if your teeth meet the taco shell, unless you can devour the entire taco without having to take one bite, like you're just popping it in your mouth. I can't do that. uh, Like the mini donuts. Yeah, maybe half a taco, not not a whole taco. Yeah, but then it all collapses. Well, you got to get a good hold on it. I just I don't think there's a play to be bad. All right, should I, somebody else uh, waiting? Yes, or should I, James in Phoenix as James the, the last Phoenix. call of the segment. Last call of the segment. Then we got Alex Marvez coming in to break down the NFL for us and also tell us whether he can eat a taco without breaking the shell. What's going on, James? Hey, how's it going, man? I'm actually a, a, a turkey burger guy. What? Oh, oh, there we go. Two pussy yeah. willows. <laughs> I was I was actually one of the biggest uh, critics of it until about three years ago. My sister finally converted me. And you're right. The flavors are amazing. If you ever go to any of these uh, the good burger places, I don't know if you guys have Fuddruckers out there, uh, they have an amazing turkey burger. And it's just like crazy. It's been eye-opening the last three years. Turkey burger on the menu at a sit-down restaurant. Like, I don't mean like a fancy place. I mean, like, you know, like it's going to cost you 10 or 11 bucks. If you are going to get a hamburger versus a turkey burger, turkey burger dunks all over standard hamburger. Uh, yeah, you you yeah. guys are out of your minds. I, I'm no telling way. you. I'm telling One, you right now. Just because we see the future and you're still living in the past, don't blame us. <laughs> Got to have you, an open mind. Uh, Amen. Amen. How many open turkey mind. burgers can you kill with a bow and arrow? <laughs> I love I love the guy who just goes hunting with the bow and arrow. I mean, that every now and then, like, we had a farm and, like, you would see a guy just go walking into the woods with, like, a, a quiver of arrows. I'm like, man, that – that dude is it's like hardcore, man. Yeah, I mean, he's not not even willing to kill an animal with a gun. I remember I used to have when I did. Uh, I remember with Jeff Schwartz. We'll talk about this next week uh, or tomorrow. I mean, Jeff Schwartz and I trained for the NFL Combine together. Um, not because I was any good, but because I was thinking I was going to write a book about it. But that's how I met Jeff Schwartz. And we had. I'm not making this up. We had a uh, a the trainer for our NFL Combine guy named Kurt Hester. He would go hunting for uh, for wild like boar with a spear and a knife. Swear to God, man! Spear and a knife. You want to talk and like he and he's like, yeah. When the animal charges you, you got to get the knife out and you got to cut its throat like right there. It's got tusks; it could kill you. That's that's a tough uh, tough business. He also once got a team hyped up by putting an alligator and letting it run through the. Uh, the weight room different kind of dude he was awesome uh i am clay travis up next we're going to talk with alex marvez we'll break down everything in the nfl and beyond this is fox sports radio welcome back geico outkick studios car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price list price and invoice true car shows you 
what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. It's a confident show. Alex Marvez with us momentarily, but first let's go to Eddie Garcia find out what's shaking in the world of sports. Well, last night we had the NBA awards handed out. The biggest award goes to Houston Rockets guard James Harden wins his first career MVP award. He received 86 first place votes to runner-up LeBron James, who had 15 first place votes. Philadelphia 76ers guard Ben Simmons is named Rookie of the Year. Detroit Pistons' new head coach Dwayne Casey was named Coach of the Year. He won the award coaching the Raptors last season, who then fired him after the team was eliminated in the playoffs. A couple baseball games of note. Yankees over the Phillies 4-2. New York moves a half game up on idle Boston for first in the AL West. Dodgers over the Cubs 2-1. LA moves a game and a half back of Arizona in the race for first in the NL West with the Diamondbacks also losing to the Marlins 9-5. Soccer day 12 at the World Cup. Spain and Morocco played to a 2-2 draw. Portugal and Iran end up tied at one apiece. Uruguay rolls over Russia 3-0. Saudi Arabia gets by Egypt 2-1. Day 13 at the World Cup. We get underway at 10 a.m. Eastern time this morning with a pair of games on Fox. You've got France against Denmark and on FS1 it's Australia versus Peru. This report is brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Now back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Good stuff coming to you live here in the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We are with Alex Marvez now. And Alex, I know you're pretty plugged in down in the state of Florida, notwithstanding the failure of your Gators to be relevant for a while now. Um, But... What in the world is going to happen with Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? This this suspension was reported last week. We're now into Tuesday. It still hasn't been official. What are you hearing about this? Do you expect the suspension to happen? And what is the fallout going to be as you see it? I expect the, the suspension to happen. The, the big question is, what are we going to see in this letter that is going to be sent from the NFL to Jameis Winston? And will they make that letter public, i.e. what they did with Ezekiel Elliott and what they did with Ben Roethlisberger? And, and it's generally a, a shame on you letter from Roger Goodell, that, with his name on it anyway, that chronicles the failings of the player to live up to the league's rules. And that's where we're going to learn a little bit more about the details of what happened exactly in 2016 with Jameis Winston as far as uh, an alleged groping of an Uber driver? Uh, you know, is this suspension? You know, there's been talk that the suspension is going to stem from failure to report an incident to the NFL, saying that something happened. You as a player owe it to the NFL to let them know that something was going on so this way they're not blindsided and, you know, obviously receive a, a whole bunch of negative media like they did last season when it was clear that no one, even in the league's PR office, or no one really understood what was going on with with the claim against Jameis Winston. So we want to see that. Clay, we want to see, too, why three games? Is this another NFL arbitrary uh, spin the dartboard around, you know, put a blindfold on the commissioner, throw the dart, and then, you know, boom, okay, it landed on three. So we're going to go with three games because three is such a weird number, right? We, if, it's a, if it's something that happens as far as, you know, uh, uh, domestic violence or something related to this, it's normally a six-game suspension. Why three? So we're still looking for some of these answers. I know this, though. The Buccaneers right now, you know, they've got so much egg on their face. They interview 75 different people, literally, Clay, about Jameis Winston. And, they, you know, in college, is he likely to repeat what's going on? And all the responses were, no, he's just immature. He's a really smart guy. He gets bored. 
board, so he acts out in certain ways, and we've seen that before with certain quarterbacks as well. But, you know, the, what I think their other thing that they're banking on and hoping on is this, that the fact that, that he is he has become or is about to become a father for the first time, and this incident was two years ago, and maybe they've seen changes in how he lives his life off the field. If the team is even monitoring that off the field, because there's some questions about that, but they may feel good about where Jameis Winston is at now, but where he was two years ago is going to screw this team completely, because look at how you start the season. I don't know if they'd be 0-3 anyway, but you got to start off here playing the Saints, the Eagles, and the Steelers all in a row. Good luck with that. Yeah, and I want to – you're in Florida, and it does play in because this was such a huge story. I know you follow college football. I said at the time I would not draft Jameis Winston because I thought the whole way the investigation into the alleged rape went down left me feeling very sick to my stomach. He wasn't vindicated in any way as being innocent. No. They didn't do a good job, the Tallahassee police didn't, of actually investigating this case. And then you couple that with what I thought was an insanely stupid move by him to stand up and scream that internet meme that relates to sex at the same time that you're being investigated for a sexual assault, stealing the crab legs, shooting up the the building with a BB gun. All that stuff just seemed like if the if the rape stuff hadn't taken place or the allegation and the investigation of the rape had not taken place, then the other stuff I might just be like, okay, this is dumb guy in college stuff, right? I always like to distinguish between stupid college kid and violent predator. And to me, there is a element of predator now associated with what Jameis Winston has done. And if this comes out and they get a three-game suspension for Jameis Winston, let's say, which has been the report, I think what a lot of people are going to say is, wow, so you can sexually assault a woman in the NFL and miss fewer games than if you fail a performance-enhancing drug <laughs> test, right? I think that's right. what a lot of people out there are going to say, and I think it's going to bring back up everything associated with Jameis Winston that took place at Florida State. And you're right, it might have been two years ago, and he might be smarter now than he was then. Hopefully that's the case. But you're going to pay this guy $20 million for one year of football in year five. How confident are you that the Bucks are going to stand behind Jameis Winston if this story blows up and becomes as ugly as I think it could in a modern Me Too era? I think they're going to stand by him for this season because everyone's money's already in for the season tickets. I mean, what are you going to lose at this point? You know what I mean? I don't think you're going to see a mass pullout of advertisers because really, where, where does an NFL team even care? You know, I hate to say it like that, but they're not taking a moral stance on Jameis Winston. They're trying to win football games. This team hasn't made the playoffs since the John Gruden era. Think, think about that. The John Gruden era is the last time we've seen Tampa in the postseason. And they've made this, this three-year investment in Jameis Winston as a quarterback. you got Jason Light, uh, the GM, on the hot seat. you got Dirk Cutter on the hot seat. All these guys may get fired at the end of the season. If this doesn't work out this year, who gives them the best chance to win? It's Jameis Winston. And so I think they go through this season with Jameis. And then at that point, Clay, there's this big question. Okay, that fifth-year option that they have for 2019. If Jameis Winston doesn't win some games this year or get this team in the playoffs or look good as a QB or truly convince the Bucks that he's a changed person, they could very easily just take away that fifth-year option. You don't pick it up, and you move on as a franchise, and you let Jameis Winston leave in free agency, and someone else will give him a chance, but you've saved the $20.5 million. You can commit yourself to going after a, a quarterback in free agency. Who knows? Maybe it's Nick Foles, right? I mean, his contract is coming up, or you may draft one. 
and I know it's not right now. I mean, there's a couple quarterbacks. I know the young man from Auburn is probably atop the list at this point. There's a couple good college quarterbacks. There'll be someone that can be picked at number one. And if you're the Bucks this year, you may end up being a very mediocre team. You may end up being in position to get a quarterback in the draft. So what I think Jameis Winston does, he did hurt his long-term job security. But I think for the short term, they've already gone down the road this far. I don't see that changing. I don't see a season with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Ryan Griffin as your top two quarterbacks for the Bucks for 16 games. My impression on everything is that the Bucks are indeed, even with the egg on their face, going to stick with Jameis Winston this season. All right, he has a fourth year whenever he gets on the field that is very similar to the first three years. What do the Bucks do then? I understand if he goes out and he plays lights out and he puts them into contention to make the playoffs, that's one story. If he plays roughly similar to what he's done so far, right? I mean, right. guy who's in the 88 to 90 kind of quarterback rating, okay, but not great. You've given him four years as the head of the franchise. You're not that close to making the playoffs again because I think you're right that they're likely to start off 0-3 uh, given the way this uh, this schedule breaks, and then you're in a pretty big deficit in order to climb your way back out, particularly given the fact that you're competing against Cam, Drew Brees, and Matt Ryan in the NFC South. What do they do then? I think they're. I think he's gone. I just think at this point they just realize, okay, he's not listening to this coaching. Unless they convince themselves, and again, if Dirk Cutter's out, and Dirk Cutter is in his entire wagon, okay? I mean, we're talking like the RV is hitched here onto Jameis Winston. Because, you know, Jameis has shown some improvement statistically in some ways, and, and, but he's not a difference maker at the quarterback position. He's been mediocre. He, you know, he continues to take chances and throw the football, despite how often the coaches tell him, you cannot make this throw. You need to go to another read or you need to tuck and run. And he doesn't listen. And he thinks that because he's Jameis Winston, he can make this play. You love the confidence. You hate the turnover. And I think that's the thing that's so, you know, for if you're the Bucks, especially, like I say, if it's a new administration coming in, do they want to be saddled with Jameis Winston? Is that, is that how you're, and are the Bucks as an organization going to say, no, the new coaches and the new GM, you're expected to fix Jameis Winston? I mean, that, that's a tough, that's a daunting task, you know, for a coach. If, if, again, if the young man proves uncoachable, which, you know, he had, he's saying all the right things this offseason. I just have to be smarter with the football. Well, he said this before. It's the same old song and dance. Just like, I'm not going to make the same mistake off the field, yet you make the mistake off the field, right? So that's why I, I really think that this whole thing has just added even more. It's just more pressure on Jameis. It's one thing, again, if the guy goes out and shows some improvement this, this season. But, you know, again, you're hoping, all right, year five, we've got one more year, it's $20 million. Let's just go ahead, roll the dice, and hope that he's that guy. Well, at this point, no. I think Jameis has really hurt himself with that standing. And again, it depends who is the coach, who is the GM at that time. And by the way, are the is the Bucks ownership willing to give everyone a mulligan this season because of Jameis missing the first three games? I don't think so. Why are so many big name officials leaving to get announcing gigs on TV networks? I mean, it seems to me that obviously Mike Pereira is the gold standard on just television yeah. presence, getting it right. He's a friend of mine. I think oh, he's, he's phenomenally best. talented. Just an awesome dude. Yes. Nobody else has even remotely approached the quality <laughs> that Mike Pereira can bring to bear on television broadcasts, the number of times he gets it right, the number of times he analyzes things perfectly. Why is everybody else trying to be the next Mike Pereira? Does this surprise you a little bit that we've seen a run on jobs like we have? Well, you know, every every network now realizes that the NFL rulebook is so arcane. Is arcane the right way to put it, maybe, Clay? Is that the right word? I think that's the right word. I mean, it's so di- – for people out there it's like who watch the games, it's difficult to explain, right? right? I mean, I think arcane is the right word there, but it's difficult to explain what the rule is and how it's going to be applied. Exactly. And so listen, 
these officials, okay, you know, and we talk about, oh, full-time officials. For anyone that doesn't believe that an NFL official is, is not working full-time, by the way, you know, even if they hold another job, I mean, that's ridiculous. What the league asks of these guys is, a full, is beyond a full-time job. You know, not only do you have to have, you know, encyclopedic memory of the rules, now with the emphasis on fitness, I mean, you know, and, and really, they, they don't want guys that are too slow to officiate the game out there on the field. They don't want guys who can't get out of the way of players if they're coming toward them. You know, they've really pushed this in the past couple of years. And I think that when guys look at, okay, I'm making this much money officiating this game. I'm getting so much heat from everybody. It, it's a difficult task. And, of course, they have a passion for what they do. But if you have a network that's dangling perhaps double your salary in front of you, allowing you to spend your time not having to officiate, you're getting paid double, and you still get to be around the rules, and you still get to be connected to the game. I mean, this was just too tempting for some guys to turn down, a Gene Steratore, a Terry McCauley. And, well, you know, I had a talk with Bruce, uh, Bill Polian, rather, about this last night on my, on my Sirius XM show, and Clay, listen, this, he thinks that the officiating is going to take a step back this year because not only are you getting new officials into head spots and you, you want to build continuity among a crew. And when I say continuity, I mean the guys, look, the line judge knows what, what the field judge is going to do. You know, you know if there's a play developing, okay, this guy's going to watch one thing, I'm going to watch another, and as a crew we're going to be tight and we're going to have each other's back. That takes time to build up. But there's also how do you evaluate leading with the helmet? What what is this rule? I mean, no one is really sure of that. And, and Bill's saying, look, we're going to have a step back in officiating this year. Well, you combine that with with the fact that now there's legalized gambling across this country and what people feel about the officiating, it is a terrible time to be an official. I think these guys got out while the getting's good. Even if there's never going to be another Mike Pereira because he's just so good with the rule book and so encyclopedic with it and explains it so well, other networks are looking to have other guys that can explain things, so they've gone the officiating route. But I thought I had seen the last of Jeff Triplett. I thought, Clay, that we had finally moved on, much like with Will Muschamp on a Gator sideline. I was, I was so happy <laughs> to have moved on in this regard, and yet now back, once again, Jeff Triplett will be the ESPN rules analyst. I'm just I'm wondering if this will be a Mike Carey type experiment, and we saw how that goes with CBS, or if Jeff is able to maybe do a better job explaining things on the field than handling it sometimes during his officiating tenure. He's always good. He's Alex Marvez. We'll talk to him next week at Alex Marvez on Twitter, SiriusXM. Go follow him. Uh, I am Clay Travis. Final segment, hour two. Up next, maybe a little bit of Animal Thunderdome, maybe a little Lionel Messi. What's he got at stake today as Argentina plays Nigeria and tries to qualify for the knockout round of the World Cup? We'll talk about it next on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, it's Animal Thunderdome time. Cue the music, boys. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bullet and stricter stuck to my face. Sam, you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. What you got for me, Danny G? All right, Clay. This story is going to make us wonder if the animals are trying to kill each other. This happened June 25th. A very unusual street fight was caught on camera outside of a Starbucks in Florida. Where else? A woman spotted two iguanas brawling in the parking lot. Had- I would, by the way, I don't even know what needs to happen from here. I would watch the hell out of iguana fights. Like, if you just put two iguanas. Do we have video of this? Oh, I have the audio. I'm going to get to it here. Shannon Moskoff posted a video to YouTube 
showing the two iguanas sparring. They were duking it out in this parking lot. Got to be over a chick, right? Boca Raton, something, because they were locked. Little horn to little horn. Listen to this audio. The hell? What the? I've never seen this. Am I, are they stuck? Oh, oh no, they're not. <laughs> oh my god. What's gonna happen? Are they fighting? Is this foreplay? Oh, oh my god, those things are oh freaking huge. Lee. <laughs> that chick kind of sounds hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, it's okay. Are they fighting or sexing? She says, are they fighting or or sexing? By the way, she said frickin', so don't get uh, appalled there. Um, I don't need to be worried. Roberto probably dropped you. I'm too sexy for my shirt. No, I'm good. I double-checked with Danny. (laughs) He's like, what did she say? And I'm like, she said frickin' with an R in there. It's okay. Um, Yeah, so two iguanas. you got to look at this on YouTube. Just type in iguanas brawl in Boca Raton parking lot. That's really specific. I think you probably could get iguanas brawl probably would come up too. Probably. Uh, <laughs> Why well, you got to bring up old stuff? All right. So uh, next story here. This happened in Juneau, Alaska. A whale crashed into an Alaskan ferry uh, like a torpedo. There, there were several uh, uh, injuries, including a fatal injury. A whale struck the side of this state ferry, traveling a scheduled route between Homer and Kodiak. They're worried that the the whale may have died from his Wait, injuries. Wait, so there was a fatality? So they, not, somebody not, died on no, the boat? No, they're scared that the whale okay. died. I was yes. going to be like, how hard did the whale <laughs> hit the boat if somebody died on the boat? Yeah, no. So the, they're worried that the, the, they don't have any idea why the whale decided to hit the boat. Correct. They said that the whale might have been in breach, which sometimes happens because, check out this stat here. They say, let's see, between... They reported 12 whale deaths because of vessel strikes in Alaska between January 4th, uh, 2012 and December 31st, 2017. So this is a somewhat common occurrence, but imagine being on the state ferry, just getting to the other side, and a huge whale strikes the side of, that, that of would the ferry boat. Terrifying. It's like Jaws. Yeah. I mean, you know, when Jaws, spoiler alert, eats the boat, <laughs> I mean, uh, and they have the guy like sliding into the Jaws mouth while they're eating it, I, I would be terrified. Like, if I was ever on a ferry that got hit by a whale, especially if you could see the whale coming, think about how scary that would be if you're just like leaning over the rail and you're like, oh, that's cool. That's a whale. You know, like it's pretty fun to see a big fish from a big boat, and then as the whale just keeps coming at you, that would start to get really ominous in a hurry. Today, uh, at the start of Hour 3, I think this is actually pretty intriguing. How I want to get the data on this. One of you guys look this up and make sure I don't screw it up, but Messi is playing at 2 o'clock Eastern, I believe, today, right? And he has to win with his team from Argentina. It would be a likely, I think they have to win, against Nigeria in order to advance to the second round, the knockout round. I'm going to actually break that down. We're going to break down LeBron not winning the MVP, James Harden winning it instead, and get ready for Petros Papadakis. All that still to come in Hour 3. I'm Clay Travis here in the Geico Outkick Studios, and we will be back with the final hour. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We've had a fun show. 
I'd encourage you to go download the podcast, as many of you are doing. We uh, just talked to Alex Marvez in hour two here shortly. We will talk with Petros Papadakis from AM Sports 570, AM 570. What is it? AM 570 LA Sports. AM 570 LA Sports. Yeah, you got Uh, it. We'll find out whether Petros Papadakis likes (laughs) hot dogs or hamburgers better. He's going to say lettuce. He's going to say lettuce wrap. Yeah, lettuce wrap, uh, yoga, whatever's involved there. Um, maybe some kale salad. Um, he, uh, we will see what exactly Petros says about that. I will say this. I'm curious if anybody else out there is paying attention to this storyline. At 2 o'clock Eastern today, and I have no idea. I'm actually, I, I would love to know how many of you right now care about this. So if you care about this, tweet me at Clay Travis. We've already got a poll question up, so I'm not going to ask because I'm sure like, it's still trendy for certain people to be like, I hate soccer. Um, But I think the storyline is actually pretty fascinating. Right now, Argentina is in last place in their group. You might not even know anything about Argentina, but I guarantee you that a large percentage of you know Lionel Messi, know that he is the either best or second best soccer player in the world. Ronaldo has had a fantastic World Cup so far. Missed a penalty kick yesterday but has scored four goals so far in the uh, in the tournament, and his team is going to be advancing. They finished uh, in second place, I think, in the, uh, in the great breakdown with Portugal. I'm not sure exactly how that will even break down uh, with Spain and Portugal. But right now, Argentina's in fourth place. Croatia's in first place. They have won two games. They've got six total points. Nigeria has three. They're coming off a big win over Iceland. Iceland and Argentina tied. And Iceland, it comes down to goal differential very often. So Argentina is playing against Croatia. If Argentina beats Croatia, and Croatia has nothing that, sorry, Argentina is playing against Nigeria, right? Argentina is playing against Nigeria. Argentina has to beat Nigeria. And then they have to hope that Croatia doesn't decide to not play very hard because they've already won this group and that Iceland doesn't sneak in above them. So I want to ask the crew and and bring them into the equation here. The World Cup, we were talking earlier in hour one, we're all furious at the United States for choking away their opportunity to make the World Cup, in which case there would have been infinitely more excitement for this year's World Cup. I think it stripped away 90% of my enjoyment of the opening round of the World Cup, just not to have the United States to watch and root for. But I am going to build around my day the fact that I watch Argentina play and see what happens with Messi going up against Nigeria and also what happens with Iceland against Croatia. You guys have a little bit different sleep schedule than I do in that you have yet to go to sleep because you're out in L.A., but of That's the correct. three, yeah, of the three of you that are in the uh, in the studio right now, do you at all, any of you, have an interest in what is going to happen between Argentina and Nigeria and Croatia and Iceland? Just because Messi is such a major global star that if he doesn't advance to the next round. This is kind of a uh, a blemish, to be sure, on his overall international soccer record. Now, I get that it's hard to judge a guy based on how he does in the World Cup because the World Cup only happens every four years. You might be injured. 
Your team might not be very good. Your country that you're playing for. All of those things could factor in. But if Messi went out here, and what might be, you know, it's hard to know what he'll be in four years, his last best chance, even if this Argentinian team is flawed, how much attention, if any, are you playing, paying to these games that will all be taking place at the same time at 2 o'clock Eastern? Who wants to go first? So, I'm watching. I am all, I'm going to watch. How, much, I'm how be many games in. are you watching? If there's four games in one day on Fox, how much are you well, watching? Well, I have a little bit of a different schedule than most people, right? So, I mean, I am. I, I do the radio show early in the morning, and then I usually go back home and I write. And uh, so I am home, like, I'll be doing the anonymous mailbag, which you can read on OutKick to entertain yourselves. And then I'll have my television on as I'm around the house during the course of the day. Will I sit down and watch every minute of the game? No. So no, you just not, have it on in the background. But like I've got baseball. it on in the back, yeah. like a lot of people do. You know, you have television on in the background. If I see a goal, I'll look up. Or if I see something intriguing that looks like it's happening on the television screen. But it's not as if I am building my day around it. I will, at 2 o'clock Eastern, sit down and watch both of these games going on because I'm curious as to whether or not Messi's going to be able to advance. I also think Iceland is a good story. Nigeria has been a, uh, a good story, too. Um, and obviously, Croatia's already punched their ticket to the next round. So, yeah, I, I'm going to pay attention. But I'm curious whether I am the exception or whether the superstardom and celebrity of Messi is enough to bring in people, which oftentimes happens when the sport itself might not be ha- you know, extremely yeah. popular. Like, for instance, I see – I was talking about this uh, the other day. A lot of kids at my kids' school wear international soccer jerseys. Right? They have teams that they root for. I think a big reason why is the popularity of the FIFA video game. So I think they're in the same way that like my kids talk about playing Madden all the time and they have no idea who John Madden is. Even if they're not huge fans of international soccer, that video game has brought many kids into the equation and they're familiar with Messi and Ronaldo in a big way. And so I think that you know there's lots of guys in their teenage years now moving into their 20s who are kind of similar. So I think Messi is going to bring in an audience because people on, in some way are rooting for him to advance. Yeah, I don't think you're in the minority as far as the the rest of us in the studio here. I'm interested. I'll be watching. In fact, before the show started. You will give up sleep to watch it. Yeah. I mean, well, I've been falling asleep with FS1 on in the background. In fact, in uh, yesterday's game in the morning, did you see the 45-year-old Egyptian goaltender? Make that amazing stop on the penalty kick. Yeah, he then pretty- he then let a second one get through. But yeah, that first one he got a little injured on was pretty amazing. That was a fun storyline. I'm with you though. If USA was in it, I would have a, a interest level of ten. Instead, I got to look at these little storylines right before the show. I called up an article I saw that said. Will this be the last hurrah for Messi? And so I was interested and started reading that. And that puts my interest level at like a five for the rest of the countries that are in the cup. What about you guys, Roberto and uh, and Eddie Garcia? Are you guys going to watch or you're like, screw it, I'm just going to sleep. I don't care about what happens in this game. Well, I'll, I will be sleeping, but uh, my, my... So what would it, what would it, like you said you're mad at the U.S. Is there any doubt that you would give up sleep if the U.S. were playing in a knockout? Like you would, you would not sleep. 
I if I if there was absolutely nothing major going on the rest of my day, yes, I would stay awake. I would watch it and then sleep after the game was over. But I will say that, and uh, this is an exception, I am interested in the Croatia Iceland game because my wife is of Croatian heritage. Uh, there's a large Croatian population in the town I live in, which is the same as Petro, San Pedro, California. So that whole community is actually, well, a lot of it is uh, kind of being swept up by what Croatia is doing. So I do have a, a, a somewhat of an interest in that, uh, what goes on in that but game. By the time people listen on the podcast, many of them, this game will have already been decided. But I do think if you are a fan of just sports in general, this could be Messi's last opportunity. It could be his last game, for all we know in the World Cup. Now, he may come back in four years, and maybe he'll still be great. You know, players today tend to have longer shelf lives than they did in the past, but it's also possible that this is Messi's last opportunity as a high-level player to be able to watch him. And so I'm, I'm actually kind of intrigued. I'm going to have both these games on. They're taking place simultaneously. I also think Iceland is a good story. And so as a result, I'm going to build my schedule around this a little bit. Now, I'm not going to, you know, like... Uh, be terrified if one of my kids walks in or something during the course of the day. And by the way, they're slowly driving us crazy with uh, the summer break already seeming like it's never going to end. There's nothing um, to do. Yeah, bored. Uh, the amount of time that my kids say they're bored is uh, is is like, and, and what am I supposed to do about it? Like, yeah, okay, well, you've got three, there are three of you, figure out something to do that doesn't involve someone, you know, like getting hurt and crying and uh and you can do it you know like you have plenty of things to do but yeah so uh i'm gonna put this on and uh, and i don't think there's any doubt at all that uh that it's gonna be intriguing what about you roberto are you I'm in at all or are you going to sleep definitely interested but more than likely i'll be sleeping Clay. yeah see you're not definitely interested if you're more than likely going to be sleeping yeah sellouts I'm you, interested you could sleep, be- I'm you could interested sleep when you die it's gonna be a, it's a colossal failure if argentina doesn't advance but yeah i'm not gonna watch i'm, I'm gonna be sleeping well, the, and the, here's the other thing. They are, uh, they've got a three-goal deficit. So down the stretch, there will be a lot of gamesmanship potentially to see what exactly is going to transpire here because if, uh, if for some reason, certainly, look, if Nigeria wins, they're in. There's not a lot of drama. If Argentina is winning and Croatia and Iceland are playing, does Croatia start to pull their players? Uh, what, do they, are they more comfortable with Iceland advancing? Uh, there's a, there's a lot of drama to follow yeah, here, that's, so that, that's why they try to uh, play these games simultaneously. So yeah, so they you can avoid that uh, scoreboard watching. But uh, you know, if Argentina loses, it's colossal failure. It's well, right. not only that, I mean, it's going to remind me of what happened when the U.S. had its World Cup dreams just shattered um, in that Trinidad Tobago game, Tobago game, while it was taking place at the same time. And the only place you could watch it was the BEIN network. And people were like, oh, my God, is this actually happening? Because if you remember back then, not to throw salt in the wounds of all the U.S. soccer fans out there, but when they did the, the probabilities, there was something like a 99% chance that the United States was going to advance to the World Cup. It took a uh, series of calamitous events in a series of unfortunate events. If you watch that television show with your kids or read those books uh, for everything to fall apart. And, uh, and it ended up happening. Ended up happening. Uh, all right, Petros Papadakis, he's up next. Uh, we will. Let me update you as well on hamburger versus hot dog. Uh, the great debate early this morning. If you have uh, not been plugged in, you have no idea what you missed. You should have woken up earlier. We had an incredible debate going on. Which is better, July 4th, hamburger or hot dog? Uh, we have uh, 14,000 of you have voted hamburger, dunking all over hot dog. 77% of you. The question that was out there on July 4th at a cookout, which is better, hamburger or hot dog? 
That is, which one would you pick if you could only have one? 77% of you said hamburger. My endorsement of the turkey burger Ugh. definitely come caused on. a lot of people to, uh, to, to come after me. And by the way, if you just, if you just tuned in, it's because we don't want to go to the LeBron versus Michael argument that fills up a lot of sports talk radio time. So another one of Clay's big challenges, but Clay, big fail on your part for trying to explain that turkey burgers are better than a regular beef burger. Turkey burgers are definitely better. No, Underrated. No, no. They're fantastic. Not even close. Uh, it, well, it's, a, it's a healthy alternative, but it's nowhere near as good as a regular beef burger. We will talk to Petros Papadakis and find out. By the way, we also talked about the food court. Uh, a lot of you out there also telling me, I said, what are the two things that every mall food court in America has? One, Sbarro yep. is the answer. Like, there's a Sbarro everywhere. Two, in my opinion, is the cookie. You know, like, there's a cookie place where you can get cookies. Uh, also, a lot of people pointing out the Auntie Anne's, the pretzel place. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, man, that oh, thing is everywhere. How about the pepperoni you know how they kind of do the pretzels that are like a pizza pretzel? Yes. Yeah. That's good stuff right there. I got to tell you, the best thing that Annie Ann's has ever made, cinnamon sugar pretzel. It will change your life, the cinnamon sugar pretzel. You ever have that? <laughs> that is good. You sound passionate about oh, it. Oh, it's so good. And then there's all that cinnamon and sugar at the bottom of that's like the awesome. little wrapper that they give you that's just like down there at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, when I, when, I get a, when I get a churro, I always... Uh, uh, take that cinnamon sugar always at the end. It's always in the just bottom. turn up the the yeah. like little package and just down yeah, it. Just, oh, it's guess, so good. You guys are like fiends. We are. Uh, up next, Petros Papadakis. Does he like hamburgers or hot dogs? Also, does he like cookouts? My answer is potentially he hates everything. Uh, as always, this is Outkick the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want. So you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Joining us now, Petros Papadakis. He is from AM570 Sports LA. Dude, you cannot get it right. (laughs) AM570 LA Sports. Oh, it's close. You're home Uh, of the Dodgers. Down with the Dodgers. Yeah, close um, isn't good do enough. Do you think the Dodger dog is overrated? Am I unfair for saying that? Have you ever had a Dodger dog? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was overrated. At Dodger Stadium? Yes. Was it grilled or was it the boiled one? I didn't specify. Well, you got to go back and figure out the difference. Now, I just want to address one thing really quickly with you before we move on. Earlier in the week or last week, I believe you called me Quasimodo. Oh, we got to bring this up. We got to bring this up. I said that you called yourself Quasimodo. No, no, no. It's okay. I mean, it's fine. No, no. I I looked it up because I wanted to be a little bit more accurate and be like, hey, Clay, I'm nothing like Quasimodo. I looked up Victor Hugo's character and from, of course, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. And though I'm not the uh, bastard child of a gypsy, (laughs) uh, I am pretty beat up. And I did have a giant mole, just like Quasimodo, <laughs> over my left eye, which I just recently had removed. Oh, so you did have cosmetic surgery. Uh, well, not cosmetic, but the mole was getting pretty big. It started to look like a ding-dong that was pressed on the side of my head. So, yeah, well, I, did, I did remove it. I'm glad you brought that up because I was talking about the difficulty 
of being placed next to incredibly good-looking people on television. Well, and I said I was you, there for you. Well, no, I was going to say you were you probably remember this. At one point in time on Fox, they put you and me on together, which we were on television a lot together. That wasn't a surprise. But they also had Brady Quinn, Matt Leiner, and Joel Klatt with us. So you had three of the dreamiest, I think it's fair to say, dreamiest quarterbacks that have played and certainly that are on television. I mean, it doesn't matter who you root for. If you've seen Joel Klatt, Brady Quinn, and Matt Leiner on television, you've thought, those are good-looking men, right? And then they just threw you and me in there, too. And I felt like, you know, we were just like the, the, the person who didn't belong in the Miss America contest. Well, the truth is I was quite comfortable because I have been voted the ugliest person in the room, uh, I think it was three years in a row at USC. So, <laughs> you know, I'm used to being USC ugly. is filled with a lot of beautiful people, I guess, too. This city is, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm almost to the point, and I believe there's a French word for it, but I'm so ugly that I come out the other side as sexy, almost yeah. in like a Gerard Depardieu type of way. Or when something's so bad, you know, it comes out as good. It's like how the ugliest dog actually kind of seemed a little bit cute. Correct, yeah. So my point is, in looking up Quasimodo to combat the comparison that's been made before, uh, I found myself a lot more similar to Quasimodo (laughs) than I was comfortable of. Very reclusive. uh, Anyway. So I looked that up, and I'm sorry that I did. Uh, let's move on. I'm sorry that I brought it up. I no, would not call my mole removal said, cosmetic surgery, though. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I was talking over the weekend again about getting a nipple job, and I got to tell you, if you're getting moles removed, I don't understand how you can judge me for getting my nipples done. Because of cancer. But maybe, well, how do you know that I don't have nipple cancer? Well, I don't, and I didn't uh, know that I, I, might I die. mole I mean, imagine, cancer or not. Imagine or, how bad you would feel. Cancer. Imagine how bad you would feel if I died of breast cancer because I didn't get my nipples redone. I'd feel pretty, pretty bad. Feel, imagine, imagine that. Imagine that if, like, in three years, suddenly they're like, well, you know, you're not going to believe this. Those but, weren't nipples. But, they were tumors. Yeah. They, yeah. Clay Travis, if he had just gotten his nipples checked out, he would have lived to be 85. But Listen. Petros Papadakis ridiculed him on air for considering it, and now he's dead. You would feel pretty bad about that. I want to apologize to you for telling you what to do with your own chest. It's your business. But that being said, when you're on TV or you're outkick broadcast or any of the other things that you do, uh, nobody sees your nipples. Uh, Nobody even sees them through your shirt because they're not sharp. But here's the deal. I'm on the beach or I'm at the pool. I think somebody might take a covert photo of me and share it on social media. Then live with it. Do you know the singer Sia? I do not. Uh... Yeah, you do, but she's the one that wears the big uh, the big wig over her face. I, I, you know, I'm getting old. Like I can't keep up with all. Like I was watching one of these award shows the other day, and I was I don't have any idea who these people are anymore. Like all it right, seems well, to me ya. that people have become so. Like used to be, you were became famous and you stayed famous for a really long time in music. It seems now like there are a lot of people who show up. They have like some song on SoundCloud that's popular. There, I know there's always been one-hit wonders, but it seems like there's more one-hit wonders now than there used to be. Well, that's a, a fair assessment, maybe, but it not with Sia. She's quite a popular international singer. 
Would anyway, I know any of her songs? Do that. we have? Hold on. Do we have any of their the, the crew in L.A.? Do we have one of her songs that the most popular song is? But and if we do, you can play it after he finishes his story here because I'm curious if I know who she is. Well, anyway, it's not that big of a story, but this is a story where you can ha- the way you can handle your nipple problem. Somebody got a picture of her giant behind. Oh yeah, which was lovely, and they tried to blackmail her saying, you better pay us for this picture, or we're going to put out this giant behind picture. And instead, she just tweeted out the picture and said, here's my ass, everybody. <laughs> I think that's what you should do with your nipples. Just get over it. Take a picture of them right now in your palatial estate and just tweet it out. And They're already the out there. people decide. You're a public person. You're, you're oh, I should put played up. wide for everybody. Kids yeah. are on Twitter. Everything's out there. Your beach house. Get your nipples out there. Let them fly. Don't live in fear. I'm on the beach a lot. I'm going to be on the beach next week. Just take off, take the shirt off now. What do we got here? Here's the see ya. Oh, yeah. This song is insanely popular. I didn't know who sang this. Is it? I thought this was Rihanna. She's no Taylor Swift, you know? Uh, yeah, well, that's a great song. I just assumed that because of the accent that that was Rihanna. Where is this woman from? Sia, I think originally from Australia. Oh, okay. All right, I didn't know. I didn't know where she was from. No, but that, yeah, I know who that is. That's a great song. All right, so uh, <laughs> we were asking. Validation. Yeah, well, it's important that I share my opinion on music. Uh, yeah, it's important. Let me, let me run my Wagner by you on the way to work. Yes. Uh, we asked the question, July 4th. First of all, will you work on July 4th? I don't believe, I never have, but this is kind of a tricky year. Uh, I think Because it's the Wednesday? Is it tricky because it's Wednesday, you're saying? Because that's yeah, what we talked about. Yeah, but, but I, I get the day off. Yeah, so what will you do on July 4th? Will you go to a cookout at any point? Well, because uh, my kind of hometown of San Pedro, California, becomes almost like a Vietnam apocalypse now style war zone on some streets with full-on mortars and stuff like that, uh, I go to my sister's house in San Pedro and just watch people try to blow themselves up. With fireworks, are you yeah, a fireworks she has a guy? Nice party and the kids are safe in a yard, and that's that's. When's what the we last do. time you bought fireworks? Well, full disclosure, uh, kind of like showing your nipples. Uh, my family owns a building in Downey that sells fireworks. Oh, that's Downey amazing! I don't even think few, of uh, California you know, metropolises where you can buy fireworks. Correct. Yeah, and uh, also the home of Warren High School, named after the Supreme Court justice. Oh, really? Good old Earl Warren. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, but they sell fireworks, so we have fireworks for days. Nothing uh, crazy like the mortars in San Pedro, but, but pretty legit fireworks, yeah. Would you agree with me that Southern Rednecks, I know you're not an expert, but there is no people that love fireworks more than Southern Rednecks? It's hard to say because the Italians love fireworks. Oh, really? Yeah, but not on July 4th. They do it on uh, St. Peter's birthday, which is kind of a similar time of year. Yeah. And well, uh, the Chinese. Oh, the Chinese. Oh, that's a great point. The Chinese do proficient. love fireworks, too. Deeply proficient. Well, the rednecks Well, the are, rednecks, I mean, come on. Everybody knows rednecks love explosions. It's 100% true. And for my youth, like, they're, where I live in Nashville – they don't allow you to sell fireworks, but the moment that you leave the city borders, there are fireworks stands. I'm not even kidding about this. Like, you will drive 
across the like creek that represents the border for the for the city, and there are fireworks stands everywhere. Yeah, right? that's like, the just, same here. Yeah, everybody drives to Downey or some other town that has uh, fireworks, and then they take them back. In fact, when you enter the city I live in, there is a giant year-round sign that says no fireworks. And you guys have to deal with the uh, with the concerns of like you know like desert like conditions, right? Like the fact that there's a drought, you could start fires. Everything else in the South, you really don't start fires; you just blow each other up. Um, it's almost like Jason Pierre Paul, like who is from I think Haiti, but comes into the United States and goes to South Florida and decides that he's going to set off his own fireworks and blows up his hand. Yeah, now but, he has a muppet hand. Muffin, yeah, it's an unfortunate thing. But uh, the thing, the reason I'm bringing up July 4th is we had a poll question up in hour one. Are you a hamburger or a hot dog guy? Well, I will answer this because I yeah. saw your poll question and I was prepped. But also, uh, I do want to mention that there's another great American patriot uh, with a mangled hand from an accident, and his name is Johnny Tremaine. Oh, I, that's a great book. So you just remember that. When Johnny Tremaine. Hey, remember, do you remember how he got his hand mangled? I believe it was a uh, some kind of a steel working ac- accident, I'm, like a. Yeah, like I a, think it was pewter. Yeah, pewter, like a Smith. Yeah, if you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, Johnny anyway, Tremaine. I forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah, old Tremaine. He he could have played D end like Pierre Paul. Would have been tough to get to see, keep him from getting to the quarterback. There's no doubt. I think his t- his thumb was stuck. Well, the, the Redcoats couldn't man, couldn't stop him, right? Yeah, I never thought about how he shot a gun because his fingers are all stuck together. How well, did he, he did one thumb, I think. Anyway. Oh, the thumb he shot with. Yeah, okay. Uh, Johnny Tremaine, great patriot. I, I have to say your question is way too open-ended because, like, I might have a hot dog if I see some sauerkraut or some mustard that I like or the condiments. You know, they play a big part into it. If the dude is making uh, – burger patties and he talks about all the stuff he put in them and how special these patties are you know i might have a proclivity to move toward a burger uh, you know you can't just say hamburger or hot dog and just throw your hands up like we live in a generic world that that you're actually eating an emoji you're not there's a quality of food and i want to know what the quality of the hot dog and the quality of the hamburger and the condiments and the bread involved before i have to make the decision what about my suggestion that the turkey burger sometimes is better than the hamburger? Well, being a person with insanely high cholesterol and a lot of uh, aging white people first world problems, let me just say that a lot of the time, even if I don't prefer a turkey burger... Just to be healthy. I have to go to the turkey burger for my own digestive purposes and uh, because they are tasty. When I say to you, mall food court, what's mm. the first place in the mall food court that comes to your mind? Orange Julius. Oh, Orange Julius. They, they no longer exist, but I... Yeah, but uh, I remember them back in the day. What about yeah. now? My well, argument you know me, is... I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a stickler for the past, but uh, everybody loves the... Uh, well, here we have hot dog on a stick. People so have been tweeting, I don't even know what that salt, is. Yes. It has a hot dog on a stick. And there's nothing better than the hot dog on a stick. Which is just a corn dog? Just a corn dog, you <laughs> fool. Look it up. The hot dog on a stick is not just a corn dog. It's the most epic corn dog that's ever been made. Way better than any fair or any stupid thing you people have in the South. 
And they also have some of the most epic lemonade a person could ever put their lips to. I will tell you this. So I said that they're, first of all, you as a nostalgic person should love the food court because I had my kids in the food court yesterday. And if you just close your eyes and open them back up, the food court in 2018, in a time when everything is changing so rapidly, is almost the exact same as the food court in 1986, right? Yeah. Like there, there is no, di- like there's a skylight. Uh, there are a bunch of the tables, you know, that like you can drag the chairs around on. There's never like a, typically like the, the booth style seating. Trays uh, strewn about. Trays, uh, yes. everybody. sound yes. of a fountain. Yes. American commerce echoing because you're inside a mall without carpet. Yes. So I have said that there are two places that to me immediately come to mind in the food. Whoa, Jesus. Two things that immediately come to mind in the food court. That wasn't me, by the way. Was that L.A. or was that me? We dropped you a couple different times on this show, so maybe maybe we're just talking nobody else is listening. Uh, The Sbarro Pizza That's gone. No, still, I just, I ate it yesterday and and here in Nashville. You should never go to Sbarro. My three-year-old was in love with it. And the cookie place. There is always a cookie place in a food court. Well, yeah, of course there is. And Not so, to mention the, the, the generic Chinese place. Yeah, the, generic the, Chinese the place potato, we talked about. The baked potato place. <laughs> potato place. There used to be a potato place. It's like place. going to a bowling alley. You know, it's just like it's going like uh, back in time to a simpler time. Trays everywhere. I just, I miss it. You're right, Clay. I, I miss the food court, though I hate public places and don't like going to the mall. Although yes. we do have a mall here that used to be the biggest mall in the world, but now that is in Minnesota, right? Mall of America. Yeah, that's where they did the Super Bowl this year. Right. Uh, the mall here is the Delamo Mall. It's got a very famous food court. Some of your listeners may recognize it from Jackie Brown, the oh, Quentin Tarantino yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's got an epic food court, and it used to be the biggest mall in the world. And because Torrance, where Delamo Mall is, has one of the biggest Japanese populations in the world uh, outside of Japan. They have the coolest little Japanese stores where you can buy like those weird wooden sandals and stuff. Yeah, fabulous. And Hello Kitty stuff isn't like Indeed. Hello Kitty, basically the Mickey Mouse of Japan. Right. I love Hello Kitty. I'm thinking of getting a Hello Kitty tattoo. Yeah, that'd be a strong move if you're going to be a pedophile. Um, what are you I was... talking about? What's wrong with you? I've always loved Hello Kitty. That doesn't make me a pedophile. <laughs> I think it does. If I, I had to choose unbelievable. which which you guy know, is more likely to be a like pedophile, generalizations and the reaches. grown man with the Hello Kitty tattoo or the grown man without the Hello Kitty tattoo, I'm going Hello Kitty tattoo guy every time. Way too obvious. And that is an unbelievable jump. I can't believe you're uh, a person of, of, of reason. Last, <laughs> last uh, question for you. How could you say you. that? <laughs> I'm probably going to get sued by Hello Kitty now. The LeBron James sweepstakes. And you know what? I'm sitting downstairs in my house, and I'm looking at a bunch of Hello Kitty paraphernalia staring right back at me, <laughs> and your accusation is pretty upsetting. Uh, we uh, LeBron James sweepstakes. Uh, last question for you. Jesus. I know you're not talking about it enough, probably. Where are you on the LeBron James is coming to L.A. sweepstakes right now? Last week you were thinking it was going to happen. Where, where are I'm you this week? I'm not thinking anything. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking if it happened, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Because if LeBron wants to come to L.A., he takes over, right? He just They start doing what he says, just like Cleveland. So it doesn't really matter what they do in the, in the interim. Uh, 
although the Lakers seem to be going about this the same way that they've gone about everything, which is uh, leaning on the past, talking about 16 banners, sending tweets with dots, and overall tone deafness, you know, having uh, meetings about leaking and tampering where suddenly something leaks yesterday. I mean, they just, they look, they look like buffoons, like the buffoons of yesteryear. If, like the ones that were run by Jim uh, Buss. If so, it happens on July 4th, right. that LeBron, like a couple of years ago we found out that Kevin Durant was going to the Golden State Warriors on July 4th. Do you go in? Do you give up the day off to go in to do your show because it's such a big story? Have you thought about that? No. <laughs> but if my boss says you got to go in, then I'll go in. Outstanding stuff as always, uh, Petros Papadakis. We will talk to you but next week. I might week. go in and talk about Hello Kitty. I might, I might forget about LeBron. Yeah, and if that happens, guess what? Top of the pedophile list. Hey, you know what? That that's wrong. <laughs> uh, Petros, You're the guy that sits there and barks about Taylor Swift, and I'm a pedophile. She's an incredible artist. Uh, we will talk to Petros Papadakis next week. No uh, Shea or whatever the girl's name was that we played the uh, the song from, though. Uh, Sia. Sia? Yeah, Sia. You sound ignorant. See, I'm sorry. See ya. See ya, Petros. Uh, let's go to uh, Eddie Garcia and find out what's, uh, what's trending. Well, in NBA news, we had the NBA Awards last night. The biggest award goes to James Harden of the Houston Rockets. He wins his first career MVP award. He got 86 first-place votes to runner-up LeBron James, who had 15 first-place votes. In baseball, we get to our Geico Play of the Day. 1-1, a fly ball to center field. And deep, it's way back. Almora at the wall, looks up, and it's gone! A home run! A pinch hit home run for Chris Taylor. And the Dodgers take a 2 to nothing lead. AM 570 LA Sports on the call as the Dodgers beat the Cubs 2-1 to one and move a game and a half back of Arizona for first in the NL West. That was our Geico play of the day. Yankees beat the Phillies 4-2. to two. New York moves a half game up on Idle Boston for first in the AL East. Soccer, day 13 of the World Cup. We'll get it away at 10 a.m. Eastern time this morning with a pair of games on Fox. You've got France against Denmark on FS1. Australia versus Peru. This report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Now back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Good stuff, as always, from my guy Petros Papadakis. Final segment of the show. Messy LeBron. Not messy like LeBron is not clean, but messy meaning like Lionel Messi and LeBron and Jameis. And more, all that, outkick the coverage, final segment of the show. See ya, the singer, also maybe. This is Fox Sports Radio. I am not going to lie. I didn't know this Sia person existed. I thought all these songs were Rihanna. Is the main song for our show Rihanna, or is that Sia too? Well, uh, this song is insanely famous. I thought this was Rihanna. a lot of a lot of people got her confused with Rihanna when she first came out. She is an Aussie, though. Um, well, that doesn't matter to me. I mean, I thought I, I this know, was I'm one person. <laughs> My world is rocked. I was like, I'm giving Rihanna all this, this credit for all these songs. This was Sia's first hit single as a lead artist, and it's called Chandelier. And she's had a few hits since then. Most of her songs, people get her confused with Rihanna. So you're not alone. All right, it makes me feel a little bit better, but I didn't even know she existed. 
What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Uh, Speaking of didn't know they existed, I can't believe this is true. 30 years ago today, on June 26th, 1988. That's right, right? That's 30 years ago. June 26th, 1988. Live math for me is always a challenge on the show. Coming to America was released in movie theaters. Dang. Can you believe it has been 30 years? I imagine most people who are listening to me right now have seen Coming to America. I can't believe it has been 30 years since that movie was released. Um, and I think we have an audio clip to, yep. pay, to pay homage here to uh, Coming to America. Mr. McDowell. What is it? Sir, I was wondering, did you happen to catch the professional football contest on television last night? No, I didn't. Oh, it was most exhilarating. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. And in the end, the Giants triumphed by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big age. It was a most ripping victory. <laughs> do, you think, that's when, do you think they're having a big celebration in Zamunda today? Well, I'll tell you this. Like, we cut that off too early because I think he says, son, stay off the drugs or something like that, right? Here's my question for you. Would the social justice warriors on uh, Twitter lose their mind over coming to America being released today because they would say, oh, this is an inaccurate portrayal of Africa. Zamunda's not a real place. Like these accents, like you can't... Would you be able to make coming to America today? I would hope so. I mean, I don't there, there were made-up the, worlds in Black Panther. Nobody said anything about that. I think the that, pussy... So. Yeah, but that was like honoring them. Right. I think the pussy think willows this was out honoring? there... I'm, it's almost impossible to make a movie today. Like, I don't think you could make Mrs. Doubtfire today because people would be up in arms like, oh, you can't have a man dress up like a woman. That's disrespectful to transgender people. I agree with you on that. I hope nobody would make a stink about coming to America, though. I I think people would lose their mind. I don't think people have senses of humor anymore. I don't think you could make a lot of the movies that we loved in, like, the 1980s. I I certainly don't think. Like, Mrs. Doubtfire, we were watching that with my kids the other day. They loved it. Absolutely loved it. I don't think you could make Mrs. Doubtfire today. This is crazy, right? Like, um, because people are so insanely oversensitive. I don't think Judd Apatow would make the same movies that he made if he went back in time. I think he'd be like, well, it's I can't make the 40-year-old virgin. It's offensive to people who are actually 40 and virgins. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I'm not even kidding. Like, we <laughs> That's have a reached, classic, though. Yeah, I know. We've reached such a pussy willow status in America. I don't think that you could make coming to America today. I can't believe it's been 30 years. That movie is an absolute classic. Everything about it is phenomenal. Hilarious. Can't believe it's been 30 years. Never seen years. Coming to America, though. What? You've never seen I've that Never movie? seen Coming oh, to America. Man. How old are you? 30. Going to be 38 this year. Yeah, that's... R- uh, Roberto, you just lost inex- points. That's just inexcusable. Yeah. I it's mean... Never, it doesn't catch my eye. I don't, I don't know what it is. Just, I see it on. I don't watch it sometimes. Yeah, that's uh, a real flaw in your character. I'm not going to lie. Do we think that uh, with our expertise of the World Cup, do we think that Messi and Argentina make it through to the next round? I would say yeah. Yeah, Argentina wins. He's he's, he's not going to go out like a sucker. Because they have Messi. I think they lose. I think they lose. I think Nigeria is going to win. I think No, I I don't have any faith at all in Argentina. 
I've watched them play. They haven't looked very good. They've got a negative goal differential. I think they've scored one and given up four. I have. I don't have a lot of confidence in it. I'm going to watch it. Three o'clock Eastern. God bless coming to America. 30-year anniversary to make you feel old as you start off your day wherever you may be across the country. Thanks for hanging with us. Hot dog versus hamburger. The answer, it's turkey burger, baby. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.